Hey, this is Marcus Smarsok, and you're listening to the Section 109 podcast. We don't. I don't have a budget for a lair. Or that but really anyway, cool. We, sign. we we di- we digress. They've got that cool lighted sign. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, oh, they've got mood lighting. They've got light. You know, they got. Oh, they've got the whole. They got the whole nine yards. Dude, they got sound effects they can the put. Welcome into the Section 109 Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Jay Buchanan. And with me, as always, are my two amazing, lovely, special, great, kind, funny co-hosts. And as I always do, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Matt Coniglio, and you can find me on Twitter at WhiskeyIsFine, and you can find me on Instagram at IamConiglio. And this is Andrew Brzee, better known as Breezy, and you can find me on the Twitters at Andrew Brzee. We have a ballin' episode coming up. Jay, who do we have on the podcast? We have Smo Daddy, David Smotherman, and Matt, who else is with us? We have Owen Seaton, the new chief marketing officer of Chattanooga Football Club. And and friends, you are in for a treat. These, uh, these gentlemen share with us all sorts of fun stuff. Um, Owen talks a lot about his past life. In, and gives us a lot of insights, including some uh, my uh, doo-doo, I mean my kuju um, talk about how maybe it wasn't all my kuju's fault. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is preposterous, but he's a lot smarter than me. So, um, But yeah, it's, it's a wonderful conversation. It, it's long, um, and we had a great time. And uh, yeah, let's just get to it. I'm only on my first glass of whiskey, so let's keep it clean and let's get it started. Breezy. All right, friends, we are here with two special guests. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Well, before I do that, I need to know, does this have the explicit label on iTunes? It does. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so you, can say, you can say whatever you are comfortable saying. We, uh, we have no rules on this podcast, uh, except for one that if we can talk about off air. Okay. All right. Well, I'm Owen Seaton. I'm the new CMO at the club. And I'm David Smotherman, the director of merchandise. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you guys for joining us here in the uh, the lab, the lair, the whatever this blue lit place is. Sorry for the bags and the and the baseball bats and the pots and pans. <laughs> I know. I was I, when the guy put the hood over my head to drive me here. I was a little nervous. It's yeah, well, it's necessary. That's what he gets paid to do. So when he said "get the gimp," I was really worried. <laughs> was was he a good driver though? Uh. Allegedly. Okay. You should report that. Okay. <laughs> he, did, he didn't see much, but uh, the bumper sticker on the back does read, if, if you know you don't like my driving, call 1-800, but you know, if the bag doesn't help with that. So anyway, we're here to talk to uh, <laughs> these lovely gentlemen. That joke landed perfectly, right? like most of my jokes. But these two lovely gentlemen about all things CFZ, a little bit of their uh, soccer stories, soccer journeys. So Smo, as the guy who's kind of made the uh, podcast rounds, we'll leave you for second. Uh, Owen is the quote unquote new guy back in town. Right. Uh, He's the new shiny thing. He is. He is. It's a very, uh, every, I think everyone's uh, curious, like, who's this new marketing guy? Um, and I know you're not new to Chattanooga. Right. This is, uh, I don't know if you would call it a homecoming, and I'll let you explain um, your soccer journey and maybe a little bit of your life journey, wherever you want to start, whatever you're comfortable sharing. But usually our, our guests tend to start off pretty early when soccer comes into the picture, and then anything else that, uh, is relevant or that people might want to know about. Okay. 
Sure. So uh, this is now my fourth time living in Chattanooga. If you add it all up, it's almost 20 years. So first nice. Time, first time I was here was before the aquarium. So it's, you know, it's been a minute. OG. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess, well, soccer. So um, I've been in the sports business um, in different variations for almost 30 years now and um, started out in media relations Worked into video broadcast side of things, and for the last five years or so, have been extensively involved in in-game video, so video board productions at pretty high level, Kentucky Derby, Final Four, things like that. Um, and part of that was doing the International Champions Cup, which um, most of you probably know what that is, but it's you know when Man City, Man U, those guys come toward the U.S. tour Europe uh, in preseason friendlies. So I've did that tour for five years um, and got to, you know, go to some amazing venues and, and do some matches and see some great play and, and really, you know, kind of coincide. It's a pretty common thing in the college sports space, which is where I was for 20 years prior that most people that work in college sports are big soccer fans because a lot of ways it's a sport. You don't have to work as much uh, when you're in college sports so it's something you can enjoy on TV because mm. if you work college football for five hours, six hours, you know, on a Saturday, the last thing you really want to do is go home and watch more football. Sure, sure. So, um, and everybody's up early on Saturday mornings because they probably have a football game or whatever about to happen. So, EPL, you know, is a yeah. good, good thing to do at six in the morning, seven in the morning <laughs> the on old, a Saturday morning. It's the only big live sports on in the U.S. at seven in the morning yeah, usually. Beautiful. And and you know, God bless it, right? And you know when it's going to start, when it's going to end, right? So. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> beautiful. It's very beautiful that way. So, um, you know, 15 years ago, when, well, it actually goes back further than that. When I was a kid, the only soccer that was on TV was the FA Cup. Mm. Uh, it goes back to weird TV rights and stuff in the 70s and 80s. Like that was pre-Premier League. I think so, they didn't they didn't televise league matches for a long time, um, right? No, you would get the FA Cup on tape delay like a week later or something yeah. but yeah i mean that's wow. actually how i became a tottenham fan was like seeing tottenham win the fa cup in the 80s um uh, uh, co-host matt is pumping his fist vociferously right so um it's nice to win something occasionally right <laughs> that's how far back we have to go for a trophy <laughs> not, not good but, i can't believe the producer jay the man city fan didn't hit the button how, i'm being what, nice what grace He's struggling through his own season of woe right now. It's very true. <laughs> uh, and just, uh, we can all be glad we're not Arsenal fans, but you were, so you were working in video there with the ICC and then. So that- we were, yeah, so I was producing the entire like in-game experience uh, for that. So, you know, so all of the video board stuff, but the walkout and all the pyro and all that cool stuff. Like if you saw the, uh, when we did the Manchester Derby at in Houston, um, which was the first time it had been played out of the U.S., we had it was, a awesome. night, it was a night game and they had the the roof open and we had a laser light show and everybody held up their phones and like ninety thousand you know glowing phones in the thing. It was pretty cool. Can we have can we have pyro for CFC? Is that a Finley Stadium? Stay thing? tuned. <laughs> we'll take that. I want LED lights. Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you start with the North Stand, yes. perhaps? Uh, uh, only against Atlanta. We'll just save the pyro. <laughs> there you go. I think they're burning themselves down. Yeah. Oh, a game that will never happen. So we get to the That's So Nisa segment a little earlier than the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that, that could refer to the band Atlanta Ultras. It could refer to uh, it being an absolute shit show. Or just the city of Atlanta. Or that too. Sherman had a good idea. <laughs> Burn it down. I was going to make a Calgary Flames joke in there somewhere. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. It it all applies. It's uh, it's layers and layers. Right. So, and now you're coming back home in in a lot of ways, moving back to Chattanooga where you were before, um, taking a a more day-to-day operations role with CFC. What does that kind of look like? I know you've been back a couple weeks now. Right. Well, we, we moved down on the 2nd of December, but I've been on the payroll since October. So it was working kind of remotely for a little bit, but um, yeah, so it's, and now that Jeremy's here, I mean, we're still sorting through a lot of the, you know, we have more full timers than we've had in the past. Uh, Catherine's full time now. So, um, you know, so we're still working through right now. We're so close to things getting started that it's really everybody, all hands on deck. Everybody's having to take on a lot of roles and, and then once we get into the season, things will be a little bit more defined. But right now, you know, it's it's about sponsorships for everybody going and renewing and getting new sponsors. Um, tickets go on sale live tomorrow. So Woo, by the time you listen to this, by the time you be listen on. to this, you can have, Christmas will be over and you missed it. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so we'll be converting the deposits to you know season tickets That's awesome. for people that haven't made their deposit yet. They can get their ticket for Christmas. Um, so you know. So we've got a lot happening, basically, and then pretty soon it'll be announcing player signings and you know, hooray, off to the races, hooray. Can you can you leak any player signings for us? Especially since by the time Wayne, this podcast, Wayne Rooney is going to be a player by the time this podcast airs, <laughs> we'll probably be like four weeks into January. Yeah, uh, Raheem Sterling is going to come play left wing for us. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, no, I don't. I'm enjoying I, that so far. I don't have any, um, and we'll still be below the Cosmos payroll. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I I don't have. I'm I'm not in touch on a day to day basis with the technical staff. Um, they're doing their own thing. Jeremy's pretty involved with them, um, but I'm delightfully ignorant until it's time to publicize that stuff because I've got more than enough to keep me busy. Eight. 12, 14 hours a day right now. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll accept that answer. All right, Smo Daddy. That's, that's, going. A, that's, that's my pet name for uh, for David's motherman. Director of merchandise for CFC. Um, I don't think we've talked about your CFC jer- journey when you became a fan and your soccer journey in general. I don't even know who who if anyone you support besides CFC. So, the floor is yours to start wherever you'd like. So I guess I, I had to, you know, apparently you're contractually obligated to pick an EPL team because that's all I ever get asked ever since I started working. Oh, you can be like me and just tell them you don't have one. So, well, I picked Bournemouth. So, because I like right. the fact fair. that Very they're fair. basically the size of Chattanooga and their stadium is small and, you know, it's a, you know, they were 10 years ago, they were almost, you know, kicked out and bankrupt and they saved themselves and now they're a good solid mid-table team. So... Beat Chelsea last week on Saturday. Yeah. See, I actually they love beating them at home. Not only is he a Bournemouth fan, he actually watches the game. <laughs> there you go. Well, I can say that. Don't, I don't... you watch more Bournemouth games than CFC games? <laughs> That's probably right. I'm always too busy working during the yep. other ones in the bowels of the of the stadium. So last two years ago, I got to actually come out and watch a little bit, but this year was different with all the ownership and ownership merch, and it just became a much bigger job and. We were working much harder than we have in past years, so and I don't see it slowing down any going into next year. Love that. So, did you be uh, 
is it safe to say then you became a CFC fan before you became a, uh, a general soccer fan? I mean, I, you know, I've always been one of those. I, I follow soccer during the Olympics and World Cup and stuff like that, but I was never really super big into it. I played, you know, in high school. I I played briefly with Bill Elliott in high school. Oh, shout so, out. <laughs> so, who, was, who was better? I'm not sure if Bill Elliott remembers that I played on that <laughs> team, so that gives you an idea. He was a year older than me at Hickson, and, I, you know, I'd, I don't know if I ever actually started a meaningful game ever. I was a track runner, so I just went and more for the workout, and usually I'd kind of fade away about halfway through the season each year when track season got kicked in. But I have a number of common friends with Bill and I that all played back in the glory days of Hickson High School for Pepe Fernandez. There's a there's some throwbacks, some connections. Uh, I don't know, if, <laughs> guys. Uh, Smo might be soccer royalty just by a uh, like by uh, association. association. That's, the, that's one of the word I'm looking for. Um, so as a kid, you you grew up playing a little bit, but not not cheering. Uh, how did you end up at your first CFC game? So I actually was on board pretty early. I didn't go the first season, but I know I was there. I was there for Atlas, and I was there for what was the first big Mexican team we played that was a friendly was that at no. Alice was 2010 that was okay so that was my first one I went because a friend a bunch of my friends were going and I went down and I'd and it's funny I'll look back and I'll look you'll look back through pay, uh, past Facebook you know you can look and see what happened five years ago and I was always like talking up the team whether I went or not I think I was probably watching some of it I know I just watched on um, on the internet but I was always good for three or four home games a year and then 2015 when they started making their big run is when I really started paying more attention and I was there for the championship game with my two-year-old child and um that's good parenting right there and I oh god it was funny second half I managed to worm my way into a skybox because I swear I was he looked like he was gonna die he was completely pink and you know from being out in the sun I was like I'm gonna kill my child <laughs> he didn't die folks his, his, spoiler alert yeah his mother will not be happy with me if I kill him <laughs> she might be a little upset <laughs> so we spent the second half up in a skybox but um there's actually a pretty good picture that goes around where you can see the the they had flashed the attendance on the tv screens yeah and it's looking down that's I took that picture I have seen that picture that's a amazing. lot of times actually so, yeah we shared it with the team and it got it's got spread around. It's been spread around for years. It's awesome. really cool. That's from the Chancellor's box. Uh, that's why it looks so good. It's <laughs> it's a pretty good view too. Yeah. Well, and the irony was you have this huge Chancellor's box, and there were four people in there. So it was just two people from UTC, and I saw them up there, and I called because I knew who it was. And I said, "Can I please come up there? My child's gonna die." <laughs> some shade and some AC. <laughs> but um, but the irony was, is I went to find him a shirt and they didn't have anything. And then I was looking for a shirt. They didn't have my size. So I jokingly, the Monday after the championship game, I called Tim Kelly, who I've been friends with since college and said, dude, your merch really needs some help. <laughs> he was like, he was like, are you offering? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and on Wednesday we had a lunch meeting with Sheldon and um, Tim and Thomas Clark. And on Friday I was they hired me to be in charge of merch. That's amazing. <laughs> and Talk about moving quick. Yeah. So, and, you know, and it was one of those things originally, it was just like, hey, you guys need to have a place to sell your stuff year round. And they were like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I was like, well, if I'm going to have all this stuff. I was like, I ought to just go ahead and do your online orders. I was like, who's doing them now? And Tim was like, well, the parts guy at Southern Honda does them sometimes. So. <laughs> 
He goes, sometimes it takes a week. It's sometimes a it takes three club. weeks. <laughs> you know, you know who, whose favorite guy you are, the parts guy at Southern Honda that no longer has to do a job he did not sign up for. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the uh, of the, the guy running a Twitter account at a league game who uh, had to get subbed in. <laughs> I like that. There's your That's So NPSL segment for the... I think it was one. I'm just oh, imagining sure. somebody, you know, getting like brake liners in their box instead of it. Somebody else got a t-shirt. <laughs> But um, but then um, and then we were like, well, if we're just going to go ahead and do all this, I might as well just do everything, and I'll run your booth during the games. And I met Mary, and she had worked there. The, she had started the year previous to me, and the first thing I did was make sure to keep her because I knew she would know. She'd probably be smarter than me on how everything worked, and she was, and she's been there ever since. And I always like to point out that she has never missed a game. She's worked every single match since she started working there in 2015. And there's what not a beast. A, and there's not a single person else that works for CFC that can say that. <laughs> so shout out Merch Babe Mary. Merch, Merch Babe Mary has made an appearance. She has made an appearance. Except Damon. Oh, that's yeah, Damon. True. That's true. That's true. Her and Damon. <laughs> you, you mean El Conductor? Yes. yes. Correct. Sorry. Sorry. Who, who, I, who? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never heard of that other person. Although I have seen a suspicious looking gentleman that I sometimes see with a mask. Is he also the whistleblower? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. All I know is I see uh, this lovely blondish gentleman at tailgates and then I've never seen him at a game. And his tailgate a- a- attendance is exemplary and his uh, game attendance is terrible. It's not blonde. <laughs> I said blondish. <laughs> Coming from the guy whose hair is quickly turning white. <laughs> Same. So I'll want to point out something really quickly too. I've known Owen for over a decade. Um, we actually worked together when he was at, he came to UTC and started Mox Vision, which is their video production. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he actually hired me on to help out. Actually, I think he pulled me out of the stands one day cause they were missing an intern and said, Hey, come push this button. And then it's another one of those jobs where I, I haven't, subbed out since it's like <laughs> i think the conversation was judging by your clothes you could use twenty dollars <laughs> you want to run this computer i was just sitting on press row not doing anything anyway acting like i was <laughs> how are you on press row because <laughs> i ran because, because he looked like that <laughs> it was the same story you saw a guy he knew that worked there hey can i come my child's gonna die can i sit on press row actually for 18 years i ran um, a fan website for UTC. Oh, so you had some, uh, maybe some legitimate uh, press credentials. So, so I would, they were nice enough to. I'd say legitimate. (laughs) He had press credentials. They were credentials. I was a walking encyclopedia of stats. So that I believe. So I was good to, if somebody didn't have the answer, they could say, well, ask him really quick. And I'd always be like, oh yeah. So, and so we worked together for quite a while and we've been friends for over a decade. Yeah. So longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, because we were friends before I started. 2006? Yeah. Five or six. And I've been at, I was at Mox Vision since 2009. So, and then he took the big, he also didn't mention that he worked the Olympics, too. That was another thing on his resume. How was that? So, he was in Sochi. Very Russian. (laughs) It was good. This was the Winter Olympics in Sochi? It was, yeah. And we were making fun while we were talking back and forth while he was there. And, you know, one day it was like 70. And we had it was 10 warm, inches it was, of snow. It was colder here than it was. I didn't see a flake of snow the whole month I was in Russia. So and we literally, had, that winter Lincoln, we literally had a 10-inch snow, you know, and there's a picture from there, and there are people laying out in front of the Olympic rings getting sun. So if you remember, um, <clears throat> that was the 
the day I was supposed to fly out was that record snowstorm in Atlanta where cars were literally parked on the mm. on, oh walking on dead the highway. Style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I I couldn't. I was two days late getting to Russia because they could not get me out of Atlanta. And at one point, my itinerary was going to be literally flying from here to Minneapolis to Russia. Um, and they'd get me there faster because Atlanta was still a mess. That's um, wild. Yeah. And then I get to Russia and it's like 65 degrees, <laughs> you know, it was snowing in Moscow when I landed there. But then, you know, from there to Sochi is like, I mean, Sochi, Sochi is like the, vacation land. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's the Mediterranean tropic, it's basically. Tropical. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on the <clears throat> Black Sea and it's, uh, you know, really nice. Um, it's where the KGB had all their like resorts that they would hang out at, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's all starting to make sense, so, yeah. and I understand why it didn't snow because uh, the boss said, "Don't let it snow." Right. I feel like he might run the weather in Russia so, too. Funny story about that. So we were out there for two weeks before everything got started, and everything was a mess. You were all that stuff was in the media about the hotels yeah. and all the, the toilets out. built yeah. like were they touching each other? Yeah, and um, and there were holes in the ground where there were supposed to be things and, and literally in the week leading up, like everything disappeared, like all the debris that was kind of construction debris that was around was gone. There were like scrims put up everywhere that, you know, we had branding on it that were gone, you know, it, like overnight, like they literally, I guess like took the prisoners out and like, <laughs> go do this, you know, and all the stray dogs were gone and all the ruffians, wow. that you, all the ruffians that you would see like hanging out on the street disappeared. It was nuts. So, That's wild. That's yeah. what you get when you get a uh, a dictator. Dicta- dictatorships are the best places to have the Olympics because they can do that kind of stuff, and they can spend unlimited money without anybody questioning right. them. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's advantage. What, what's the, or the U.S. where we already have a million stadiums, right? Right, so, right, right. Well, there's the the what's the best form of government? A benevolent dictator. <laughs> I think that's a saying some of my friends like to use. Smo, did we get did we get all the way to where you wanted to go? I don't remember. So you weren't in your story. If I, oh. You were not yet director of merchandise. You were just like right, right. taking over piece by piece. Yeah, and it just slowly every year they just kept. Well, to be honest, I just kept doing more things. I would see things that weren't. I guess I can say this. I just see things that weren't getting done, and I would just start doing them. And the next thing you know, I was like in charge of season passes, and you know, and then then it was just like. I don't know. It's just funny. The jersey reveal where I don't know that you're in charge, but you're certainly the one doing the hardest work for sure. So, yeah, there's a lot of – we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> does the, does this story end with you becoming the head coach? No. God, I would be so bad at that. I, I don't <laughs> – I, I wouldn't want to be the coach or the GM. I'm much better at having my own little quiet world and not having to speak publicly. I can speak publicly when I need to, but it's not something I enjoy doing. So – it took me a lot of, it takes me a lot, it takes me like all afternoon to get up just to come do something like this. He's you been know? drinking since noon is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me, me too, but uh, that's just work. It drives you to drink. Um, so let's see, where where shall we go from here? Matt, do you have a, do you have a direction you want to go? I want to know where the club's going from your specific angles. Well, I mean, so I'll say for us, I mean, like, my area, like I alluded to earlier, right now, I mean, we're super hyper focused on revenue, and you know, things are going to be more expensive for the club, you know, going forward because payroll and travel to the West Coast two, three times in a, in a year. Um, so obviously, we have to find that money, right? So we, you know, we have an, a very aggressive ticket sales goal. We have an aggressive sponsorship goal that we're tasked with meeting, and that's you know, that's a big part of 
why I'm here. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, that's really what we're focused on. You know, it's going to be a 12 month thing, you know, focused. It's always going to be ticket sales. It's always going to be sponsorships, but we, you know, as we continue to grow as a club and expand what we're doing, you know, we have to pay for that. So, Sure. So a, a chief marketing officer does a lot of different things. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do a lot. You have a, a lot of connections in the community and other things. But I'm curious because uh, I mean, I had someone ask me this the other day. You know, will we start seeing CFC because we have a uh, chief marketing officer now? We have a theoretical marketing budget as a professional soccer team. I don't know what the budget looks like, but that's at least in, in our minds we do. Um, does that mean we're going to start hearing more radio commercials, seeing more TV commercials, which you've had just sprinklings in the past? Does it mean more targeted ads on the internet? Well, I mean, what is, like, I guess kind of what is, are we going to see this year maybe a little bit differently, um, potentially from a marketing perspective, knowing that obviously you didn't run it last year. So perhaps you don't have every detail of what they did last year. Right. But. Well, I mean, I don't think I'm telling any secrets out of school when I say in the bat in the past it's been kind of a you know shotgun approach it's a little bit of everything sprinkled in and um you know there'll be some places where we'll be that we haven't been in the past we'll be you know we'll be heavier in some places that we've been um still sorting out exactly all those things one of the you know the going to be a lot more data driven than it's been in the past so um but we haven't been We've been collecting data, but we haven't been collecting it perfectly. So, you know, there's some systems we have to kind of create and build to, to be better at that, um, that we're in the process of doing. Um, so I would say that, especially anybody listening, when you get the survey and the email, please fill it out. That helps us a lot. Um, but we'll also probably be doing some on-site surveys at games. Um, you know, we're, we're working with the marketing department over at UTC to, to create the the survey questions for some of these in-person things that will be um, give us the data that we want to get um, because frankly look I mean you know when it comes to our biggest area for growth in ticket sales and in sponsorships is not with the the crowd that already knows us and loves us it's the it's the casual fan the casual entertainment fan and sports fan mm-hmm. um, and the brands in town that you know we we don't have a you know a strong affinity with i mean we've pretty much made our living in the past you know in the past with people that you know the founders knew and the board members knew in the business community yeah sure and that's great and we're we're thankful for the for the sponsors that we've had for 11 years but we've got to widen widen you need you need more yeah and so you know so we're really when we when we for example, like the survey that we send out every year, I mean, it's pretty, the hooligans are overrepresented in the survey answers, right? Because sure. that's the crowd. Your most, your the, most dedicated fans, either right. people that love you or people that hate you are the most likely to respond to a survey like that. Sure. And and we're certainly a captive audience that loves you. And and the feedback that we get in the like areas that you can give long-form answers to is super helpful because those are the people that come to every game and they're giving you. So when you get a criticism from them, you know it's like, you know, it almost hurts them to give you this criticism, right? Yeah, um, sure. But um, but at the same time, we need to find a way to make sure we're getting the answers of those kinds of questions from the people that come to one or two matches a year, um, not the people that come to all 18 or, you know, only miss one when, you know, they've got a wedding they've got to go to or something like that or they're on a cruise in Miami or wherever. Um, so, <laughs> Why are you elbowing me out? So, um, it's because that was you. 
so we need we need to and and some of this too just needs to be just shoe leather you know go out and meet people in in coming back to town all the things you have to do when you move you know dealing with epb to set up your you know service or whatever right and so i'm talking to a lot of people and they're like oh well what what you move back oh i work for um chatting a football club oh you guys are the ones building that new stadium so you know what i mean so i mean it's one of those kinds of things where it's really easy for us to fall down our own rabbit hole and think like everybody knows all the secret sauce stuff that we know and the sure. average the average sports fan in town like doesn't know 10 percent of it right and so we have to do a really good job of targeting that crowd to come and make it so fun that they want to come back and do it again um because if you go back and look uh there's a great book um that just came out this year that kind of tells the history of the formation of the premier league and kind of the you know last 15 years or so since it's formed when the new um managing director at city came in when shake Bonsure bought uh bought manchester city um he came from nike as a brit and he was like hey we're not competing with manchester united um for fans we're not competing with um you know liverpool or whoever we're competing with amazon netflix whatever movies on tv whatever entertainment whatever band is in town and that's really the approach we have to take because in order to grow butts in the seats um which drives all the other metrics sponsorship and tv and all that kind of stuff it's it's the crowd that is like well what are we doing friday night oh there's wine over water let's go to that or Oh, you know, it's nightfall. We'll go hear a band. You know, we've got to be in that discussion of this is what's happening this weekend. Let's go do that. Absolutely. Um, Because that's the real growth opportunity and not, you know, we need to grow the hooligans, get that group even bigger. We need to grow the other kind of affiliated fans that like us and we need to find ways to engage them and bring them back. But the big, big opportunity is what's happening Friday night, what's happening Saturday night in town for us to do and to make sure that we are always in your mind as a, as a top three option of what should we do Saturday? Well, let's go CFC's at home. Let's go. Something that Smo has always said is like, look at the playoff runs, look at those deep playoff runs. And and speaking of stats, you know, Smo mentioned he keeps a lot of stats. I know he's got that running list of uh, highest attended games in CFC history. If you look at those, those are all when almost all in the summertime on good weather yep. when there was a playoff game usually. So it was the thing to do. And so I guess it's how do you become the thing to do every single week? Yeah, so we it's up to us to create a great environment at the matches so that uh, when you come, you know, the mythical family of four, you know, comes. Um, a, that it's affordable and that it's something that doesn't, you know, break their pocketbook to where they go, man, that was great, but we can't afford to do that very often. Um, but also just make sure that the entertainment is at a high, high level um, so that it, it's fun, it's engaging. And it's not just about what's on the pitch. I mean, you know, Bill and the technical staff will take care of that part of it. That I can't control that. I can just make sure that I do my you're, job. To you're have, not the coach either? No, I, but I, all I can do is make sure that we do our job to give them the funding to do their job well. Um, and to support them any way we can. Um, but our job is to make it as fun as we can for everybody that's there. So, well, you know, we're, there's no idea that we're not looking at. Um, we're looking at a lot of things to, you know, and we don't have a schedule yet, so we don't really know kind of where, where our dates are going to fall. 
but um, you know we're going to try to find as many things as we can do around the game um, to make it fun to come early, make it fun to stay after, you know, all those kinds of things so that we can turn it into an event that people want to come to. So uh, I'm going to throw Breezy under the bus here. He uh, wrote something down that was really interesting. Uh, video board and in-game stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that means uh, he wants me to ask you about. So, uh, okay, fine. So <laughs> I, I figured the, the both of you, since you, you know, uh, worked both of you, especially Owen in a professional capacity all over the world, uh, working with in-game in atmosphere, but also with video production specifically. And obviously, uh, David's mother has plenty of, of experience with producing um, the mocks, which ends up on television. How do you guys see with this new giant video board, uh, CFC progressing? I mean, do you see things changing? How do you see them changing? Obviously, Rome wasn't built in a day, but I just, my thought is we have this giant tool, and I'm curious uh, how you guys see it best although, being used. Maybe. Although I will say the best thing ever this last season was replays. I think that was like... Yeah, in-game replays was really fun. Yeah, it was something that I... You know, like, I never even thought about it when I was watching a game. But the first time it happened, I was like, oh my gosh. Listen, when you're on I the... Get to see a replay. When you're on the capital stand and you can't watch the game, then you get to see a replay real briefly. It's really nice. Yes. Yeah, so um, so it's a, it's a two-sided coin. Um, one side is fan entertainment um, because, you know, fans don't want to look up at the video board and only be sold things mm -hmm. and only see commercials and only see advertisements. Yes. Um, but we still have to pay for all this stuff. Right. So, um, so the, the, you know, it's, it's the, it's the old science experiment where you put the salt in the water to get the buoyancy, you know, right. Yeah. Um, you know, that we all did in high school. So it's, it's, we got to find that, that level that is right where we, where we have lots of in-game entertainment, but also, um, pay for everything. Right. And the best way to do that is to have things, segments that you're already going to run that will be sponsored so that replay may have, you know, a crystal logo in the corner of the replay or something like that, rather than just a whole video board crystal, you know, thing. Um, mm. So, you know, we have some contracts that are already on the books that call for some things that we have to honor till those contracts are done. Um, that, you know, it is going to be, it's going to be a rolling, you know, you know, target that we're on but um but yeah i mean we will we will make sure that with the video board we're engaging the fans as much as we can without it turning into a kind of a Lollapalooza, you know circus type thing we you know there's a there's some great valuable lessons to learn from the way minor league baseball does a lot of things but there's also some things that just won't translate right so i mean i don't think we're gonna have used car night you know, at Finley Stadium, um, but um, I mean, not with an attitude like that, <laughs> right? Right. But, but if you wanted to, I could make a phone call for you, right? Okay. With cool. the same people that do the lookouts one, <laughs> right? So I mean, you Another know, guy. I mean, th there's some things that that definitely will work, and there's some things that you know, I there's also, and you see this in a lot of um, markets that get MLS teams, you know, spring out of the ground like a dwarf. Uh, in a, a three hundred and twenty-five million dollar door, right? But I mean, like literally in a Hobbit movie, they just come out of nowhere, right? I mean, a place that wasn't even a traditional soccer market all of a sudden because of population density and market forces, um, access to a Nashville. crap load of cash. Nashville um, gets an uh -oh. MLS team, uh -oh. and um, right away there's this tension between long-standing um, soccer fans and new fans about. 
how European the game should feel, the, the game presentation should feel. And, you know, you've always got that core group that's like, it's just about the game. We should just not roll the ball out and not even have PA, you know, or whatever, which those people exist. Sure. Um, and that's great. Um, but, you know, that doesn't pay. It's, it's funny. When I go to Europe, I was just at Stanford Bridge a couple of weeks ago with those guys. They would love to be able to do what American video board shows are like because it would give them a whole lot of revenue to reinvest into other places, but their audience wouldn't, won't stand for it. Yeah. They only want to see replays and added time. Well, they it. don't, they, some and places, bar decisions, some places doesn't even show replay. I mean, Anfield doesn't even have a video board. So, you know, I mean, there's, so there's some, there's kind of a whole it's, spectrum. It's because for a there. long time they didn't want to have to relive anything. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you saying they wanted to walk alone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Punny. That's bad. That's so bad. Um, Why you'll never. But though you know, I mean, it's so perfect example when when I went over to Stanford Bridge for the first time for ICC um, for International Champions Cup, like there were PA reads for sponsors that would happen. There were a couple of them that would happen in game, like added time was brought to you by and had a sponsor or um whatever and they would like we're not we cannot have our pa announcer read that like his voice is only for you know the match and so literally when it was time for the added time announcement they would hand me the mic and i would do the sponsor they, they were okay with me okay, that's kind of cool. prostituting myself but and then there were a couple of did, did the did the did the crowd not be like that's an american Right. What? So, and there They're were like commercialism in pregame. There were a couple of of advertise like Hertz had a, a lucky seat thing where they would upgrade somebody to a you know front row seat, and they're like, yeah, you're gonna have to pre-record that with your voice. We're not gonna let this guy. We're not gonna have our guy read that. That's too Americans beneath him. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So my voice has been played at Stanford Bridge a few dozen times. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Well, if you're into Chelsea, <laughs> listen, that's cool. Although now we have Jose, so I guess you know we owe them something. We we owe them a beating so, uh, right next week, which will probably for when the podcast comes out right. two years ago. <laughs> you already know who won the league. Not, so, Lester. not not telling. So anyway, we you know we to answer the long way to answer the question. We are exploring every every use of that um, ways to utilize. You know the fantastic video board that's at Finley Stadium, which you know when I was doing mocks football, I would have loved to have gotten to play with the um, posted now, stamp yeah, video board we have. That now, as a matter of <laughs> fact, I was at the first all the games of the first season of CFC because CFC hired Mox Vision to do the video board that first season. So I don't know if you remember, but 2009 we ran I, a live, I do we ran live cameras and had replays and all that stuff. I did not remember that. Yeah. No, I think the good thing about the size of that video board is, is you can do plenty of advertising and still have. Right. And so, you know, all of this kind of ties into the discussion about streaming, which we can jump into that now if you want to. I was about to ask about that little carrot. It's a nice segue. um, So, you know, obviously you're doing multi-camera shoot for streaming. It's technically pretty easy to you know strip out those cameras individually and also make them into available to the video board so you the stream might should be showing one camera while simultaneously the video board showing a different camera um so there's there's some opportunities there for us to leverage some human resources that are already in the building you know we're already there with cameras streaming so why are we not making these available for replay or for you know 
VAR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you had you had me until you said VAR. So. Uh, my, I guess my my question on the streaming front is my Cujo. It's always the answer. <sighs> the answer to everything. It's never the answer. Uh, actually, but it wasn't that. It was was we've we've been doing some streaming for for many years now. Uh, is there? This is more Nisa related. Is there is there going going to be like a set of increased standards or something a little bit more quote unquote professional, or is that going to be something that's phased in over time? The answer is yes. The question is the the follow up is how soon? So, um, spring matches will be on MyCujo. Um, Boo! We are we are working. Huh. The league. Guess is, we're gonna have to get all the matches with it. <laughs> the league. Well, let me say this before we even get into that. There, if you think about streaming as a linear progression, there are about five choke points where you can have problems with a stream and the CDN, the content delivery network, which is what my Cujo is, is one fifth of the possible choke points. Um, at least the second half of last year, when I started to pay close attention to what was going on, my Cujo, um, things seemed to be better for the most part. Agree. They, and, they, they did get better. And a lot of that was because the upstream choke points were resolved. So the first one is what's the uplink situation at the stadium, right? What's the bandwidth that you're pushing to? My Cujo, and this is this is a not just a My Cujo issue. This is a streaming issue across the globe. The you know there are a lot of hardware and software companies that are trying to sell people like me systems to use for their streaming that all want to make it sound like you can have a network quality broadcast with a cell phone over mobile. And we all know that's not true in this country yet, depending on where you are. You know, 5G may change a lot of things. Um, Breezy did a pretty nice one this past season. Well, I mean, I mean we, can well, talk, we, can talk, we can definitely talk some more about my Kuju. Keep going. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the thing I was just at in Chelsea, they were, you know, 5G is already a living reality over there when you have state-funded, you know, infrastructure uh, at the levels that a lot of European countries do. You know, you can do things a lot easier with, with our democratized version of everything that we have here. You know, you can take a 45-minute drive from here and hit three different carriers with your cell phone and have different varying degrees of success with your service, right? So, um, so some of the stadiums that were um, in the showcase last year didn't have great bandwidth going up. So that's a problem to begin with right away, right? Um, toward, this, toward the second half of the showcase, some of the California teams, NISA was working with them, and they, some of them actually even rolled out TV trucks. Some of them had like some, to, to, some pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I mean, I, TV trucks, real replay, sideline cameras. Right. I mean, yeah. But that's but there's a very real cost. That's a heavy. It's, a he, it's my understanding is that's uh, you know ten plus thousand a game in a lot of markets. Yeah, for sure. In California, for sure. Um, and again, it depends on how robust your. I mean, you know, there are TV trucks and there are TV trucks, right? And this is the world that I've been living in for the last. That's, that's why I'm so excited you're years, here, right? So, um, so I. You know, I know a lot about this stuff, but, um, you know, it's it's expensive proposition if you want to do it well. Um, it can be. 
the good news is like a lot of other things, the prices are coming down. Um, you know, good cameras are cheaper than they've been. Um, you know, it really kind of depends without getting really deep in the technical weeds. Um, cameras with digital zoom just are never going to give you the image that a traditional, you know, yeah, real optical that moving glass. glass, moving glass will give you. Right. Um, but that, but that's where the price tag comes in. I mean, like I could build, I could build a TV truck right now, um, that could do the Olympics and the cost of the truck and all the gear inside it would be less than the cost of all the lenses on the cameras that you would need to run it all. Gotcha. So that's the, one particular piece of technology that is not dropped enough. Unfortunately, no. that is a hobby that drains my bank account all the time. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, the funny thing is, is the lenses have gotten better and better and better. And now with not only HD, but um, UHD, which is 4K or higher, but then also um, high dynamic range, um, which if you're really into video, like I would much rather watch a high def HD, just a 1080 HD broadcast with high dynamic range than watch a 4K or even an 8K broadcast that doesn't have high dynamic range. What, what the HDR gives you is the shadows and the texture and the, you know, the blacks look, you can, it, it doesn't look either black or not black. You can see the subtleties. There's a depth of yeah, color. Very much. Yeah, the, the sweat on the forehead, too, for sports specifically, or like when football players play in the rain. Yeah, when you when you see on these, you know, soccer documentaries that you watch, you know, Amazons or whatever, and you see the super sexy, you know, where it's when Arsenal's playing in Uzbekistan on a Wednesday in the Europa League gym, and you see that snow coming down, um, and everybody's miserable because they don't want to be there. Um, you you're looking at, you know, that high dynamic range. It gives you that just gorgeous shot. Anyway, long story short is first choke point is, do you have good uplink at the stadium, right? And then it goes from there into, well, from your camera, it goes into an encoder. Um, what's the encoder? How good is it? How good a job is it doing? And what are you encoding it into, right? So there's a little bit of knowledge that has to be there. And then it has to go up from there um, to the mythical cloud. Um, you know, that is going to a server that is then going to your content delivery network server that's then going down to whatever device you're watching it on, right? And um, whatever your service is that you're watching it on could be DSL still in some places to EPB gig, you know, super fast stuff and everything in between. And then you have people watching it on mobile devices, watching it on a laptop that they're casting to a television, um, watching it on an OTT box like a Roku or something like that, displayed on a TV. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing several other ways in your browser, you know, on a desktop or a laptop. So, and all of those boxes decode differently. And so if you're, doing things well, your encoder and your decoder are spitting out all the right flavors. So Roku has its own profile it likes, flavor of video that it likes. Apple TV boxes have their own flavor of video they like, and of course they're different, right? Of course. Because nobody can standardize anything in this country. Um, you know, and if you're watching over your browser, Safari is gonna like video in a certain way, Chrome is gonna like it in a certain way, you know. And so there's a lot of variables. So, I mean, even if you're watching ESPN Plus um, 
on a well first off espn plus you'll see the whole gambit of production quality from really good to really crappy too um but if you're watching something espn is producing or a major broadcaster is producing that's on espn plus with sky or bbc or whoever you can still have all those same issues of bandwidth throttling and all that or artifacting or all those kinds of things if any of those pipes are and usually sure. it's, usually it's the last mile that's the problem on the user side or wherever the user's ISP or whatever, right? So so all that to say, when things look crappy, sometimes it's really easy to say, oh, my Cujo. Maybe, maybe not. Guilty. So I mean, uh, not to completely uh, disagree with, with – because obviously <laughs> no, there's no, – No, that said, they, they've – They'll, they'll tell you they've had their problems and they they got to more they over promised on some stuff i mean the u.s open cup last year was an absolute shit show yeah and they'll be the first to tell you they weren't ready for the traffic that they got um and i can tell you like when the super bowl you know when they so the super bowl every year is the new most streamed everything yeah yeah uh, more people are now watching the super bowl streaming it than watching it not streaming oh really worldwide Wow. Um, but if you listen to like all of the industry podcasts that I listen to or talk to these guys, like the redundancies that they have to build in to make sure that they have, you know, that they are not losing packets of data, yeah. that they're not dropping, um, is so, um, there's, they're throwing millions of dollars at this to make sure that that happens. Right. And still, if you remember when they did the Tiger Woods pay-per-view, uh, with Phil Mickelson, uh, Bleacher Report is streaming only. Like it was the first six holes, nobody could watch it. It was broke, and they were putting fifty million dollars into the broadcast infrastructure for this. Yeah. So, I don't think the NISA clubs are throwing, you know, yeah, that kind of money in it. So, so there are things we have to do as a league, which is institute standards of, you know, what kind of cameras are we using, or what's the minimum requirement right but also kind of the all the stuff in line the encoder the decoder where are we going to try to push people to watch um whether it's through my cujo in a browser or is there an opportunity for an ott box like a roku where you get a nisa app and watch it through that which we is something i've got a call with a company this week later to talk about we may send streams to multiple places i, I mean count on us sending streams to multiple places if you don't want to watch in my Kuji, you may still be able to watch in youtube or other places but we're exploring an ott solution too where we'll have a cfc app because some of the things that that i, I so. and i i've talked to dennis crowley a bit about this uh because you know he was the one heading up the partnership for the mpsl and one of my biggest problems with my Kuju is from the people that program that I spoke with, they, and one of the features that's touted as a feature by my Kuju is the closest thing to live. It's got a 15-second 15, 15 buffer as opposed to a 30-second buffer. If your internet connection is not spectacular, it can lead to a, pa a lot of packet loss at the mm -hmm. beginning. So that that seems to be, to, at least in my eyes and for people that understand the the coding side, which you probably understand a lot better than I do, it's, a, it's hard to make varying stream qualities uh, come across. I was able. I mean, you know, Milwaukee had a whatever they were doing in Milwaukee, and we streamed via Facebook Live, and we had flawless Facebook Live over, you know, for GLTE for an entire game, right. and they couldn't. You know, they had a stream that came and went, and they had like, you know, I think maybe thirty-five minutes of an entire ninety-minute stream, um, and I can't believe that they don't have more. I mean, I can't believe I have more money in my wife's iPhone uh, six. Right. 
and 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 obviously that you're relying on you're relying on Facebook, you're relying on billions of dollars potentially of infrastructure and whatever else. But it it kind of makes me wonder if my Kuju. Many things make me wonder about my Kuju, <laughs> but I I think that my Kuju is a kind of partner that is not a standardized. Um, there's not there's not as much money on the content delivery side, right? So you, if you get all the stuff right, like Miami seemed to, obviously you can get a pretty good stream. But if you use a web player on their website, it will rate in your casting or just on full screen, it will regularly kick you out. Mm-hmm. If it if it stops and buffers, I know you're not my Kuju, right? But I'm just I'm complaining about my Kuju no, right now. Yeah, I'm here. So there, the, it regularly kicks you out and it restarts the stream. Mm-hmm. That's a bug. That's a programming fix. That's a that's an a attention bug, to it's detail. A feature. It's a, it's a something. Uh, if you're streaming on the if you're streaming on the mobile app, the frame rate is higher. And granted, like it's I'm sure there's more money behind their engineering. But if you're streaming on the mobile app, same internet or different internet in different places. But we've all been sitting in Matt's apartment on the same internet on different internets, all different things. And your mobile app cuts out less than your browser does. And when your browser does, it cuts out, stops, buffers for a minute, and then it kicks you all the way back out to the beginning of the stream and restarts from the beginning. There's a lack of attention to um, fixing those issues, I believe. And that's what bothered me about my Kuju. I know that they're they definitely overpromised, as you as you pointed out. They de- and they they're branding themselves for the MPSL, especially as the beginning of streaming for everyone. You know, we're going to give anyone a chance to start streaming. Well, it doesn't seem to me like they did a good job making a product that can meet the baseline level. And so, part of this, I guess, is that I should yell at the MPSL for picking my Kuju as opposed to picking YouTube, where there's a much more money in that platform. Um, but also like if we're going to go with a, if Nisa's is going to go with a streaming partner, you want it to be a streaming partner that is going to be able to adapt, uh, and, and not have an infrastructure that's built on a 15 second window. If the team's equipment's not going to pick up with a 15 second buffering window, for example. And that, that's what frustrates me going forward. Now they really did make a step forward in that second half of the season for sure. But it was such, such horseshit for, I mean, an entire, like, you know, seven months or whatever it was like. I don't know that I trust them to to move forward and make their and obviously maybe they'll have all everything together and be great in the spring and and all the teams will have the right standard of packaging. But I mean, you could watch a, a stream on YouTube on CFC stream and watch a stream on MyKuju and it was significantly better on YouTube. Right. And it's this theoretically the same stream. I would think that maybe the encoders and the decoders aren't aren't picking up between in some level of there, but it seems like the bandwidth is there if I can watch it on YouTube. And make but are it but are we a unicorn? Being the city with the internet speed that we have, for to to be an example at least, uh, I don't I don't know enough about the other Nisa markets. I would think Oakland would be in a in a good position mm-hmm. um, with all the tech development in that part of the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it is it is nice to be here where there's uh, amazing backbone, um, you know, for all that stuff. Um, that said, to go back to what you were just talking about. Um, one thing that you can count on from us is that we're going to, um, and, and I can tell you some of those issues that you're talking about, like every CDN kind of has, um, it's really how well they manage them. Um, I mean, when, when we first started streaming over at UTC, when I was there, um, we were with the biggest CDN going one that does the backbone for major league baseball for NHL, all that kind of stuff. And we would still have, you know, some of those, you know, issues where, if you if your stream restarted you got sent back you know and all those kinds of things and latency is probably the biggest issue that everybody you know complains about because you get a lot of especially in collegiate sports or even pro sports you get a lot of people that want to listen to the hometown radio guy and watch the yeah, video yeah, yeah. and it's impossible to make them sync you know, because one you know it's like 
putting water and fudge through a pipe. We, you know, one's going to run a lot faster. Audio is always going <laughs> to run a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, sure. Video, right. Um, so you can count on the fact that we will be, you know, regardless of what the league is doing, that we will be holding Mike Kuja's feet to the fires, you know, on our end. Um, and we'll be logging any complaints that we have and following up with them about roadmaps to fixing the problems and what those timelines look like. But we're also not going to wait for them. I mean, we'll make sure we have other alternatives for you to watch on if, if that delivery becomes a problem. You know, now if Nisa ever gets to the point where they say this is the exclusive home for something, then, you know, it's, it's, another, con it's another conversation and then it's going to be, okay, well, you know, what are we going to do? I will, I will see. I don't know if you saw the news two weeks ago or so, but my Cujo is now the streaming home for USL two. Oh, we, did oh, we see saw that. that. You know, and that's a deal that, and actually my Cujo is paying USL a bit of money for that. Um, it's a deal that took them 18 months to work out. Hmm. So I would imagine that that means they're going to have to scale a lot of things to meet that. Um, and as you know, that level of USL has a lot of the same problems that, yeah, you, know, they do. Uh, you know, on the club side that, that we've seen, you know, going back to the amateur days even. So now I'm not worried about being able to watch a CFC stream for, yeah, for a home road, game. It's the road games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mostly cause I plan on being at the, at the home games. Right. Uh, well, how are you going to keep stats if you don't watch the home games later? I will. Don't worry. That's a whole other uh, topic we can get into. Now. But yeah, and we should, but also first breezy, What's the best way, the most reliable way to be able to watch a CFC match? In person with a ticket that you bought. Nailed it. Damn right. Tuesday, December 17th, yeah. season tickets That's went right. on sale. And if you're just now listening and have not bothered to go buy one yet, what are you doing? Go buy. What website would do you go to find season tickets? CFCTix.com. Is T that T-I-X? CFCTix.com. Or, or go to Winderbinder and just bug the guy behind the counter. Or whoever's behind the counter. I will not be behind the counter. <laughs> bug, the, bug the nice lady behind the counter. Demand. That'll demand. go wake Smo up and say somebody wants to buy a ticket. Be very nice to the nice lady, but tell her you need to see her manager. That's right. Also not me. <laughs> Smo's too smart for any I'm of this. I'm pretty well insulated. Can I talk to Smo Daddy? But seriously, <laughs> if you, you don't want to have to watch CFC games on, on questionable streams, just go to games. Go to games. Figure out where they are. The schedule will be out at some point in time. Road trip to Sonoma to see Oakland Roots. Let's go. All right. That sounds fun. I'm in. I'm not missing it this year. So one thing that I can participate in that about talking about season passes is, is since they'll be released whenever this comes out, is um, we will, for the first time this year, have instead of in the past, we've always had a jersey reveal and people would have to buy their season passes with the, if they wanted to buy the jersey. And buy it sight unseen. It's kind of like the lottery. Sometimes you win and sometimes the you lose. The lottery of Rustand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you don't like a yellow jersey. But um, who, who doesn't like. Oh, wait. I know exactly who doesn't like yellow jerseys. It's you. So Rustand, poor Paul Rustand. I'll let you back to your thing. Uh, Paul Rustand sat right here and listened to Matt repeatedly call it yellow after Paul kept repeating gold, the word gold. It was pretty golden. I have nothing if I'm not petty. I'm, I'm going to say that was yellow. It was also the best-selling jersey of all time. Facts only. So until well, now the owner jersey is about or, to surpass other it. Other than the orange Heyo. goalkeeper jersey, hey, I love the old orange goalkeeper jersey. 
So do all the Vols fans and yeah. also CFC fans. So the one thing we're going to change this year is is we're going to reveal the jerseys bef- when we do the season passes going forward, and you'll be able to choose which jersey you want to pick. So if you want, oh really? Yeah. So if you want your season, <laughs> Smoke Daddy breaking that. news right there. I've been Beautiful. trying. To, I've been trying to pull this off for like two seasons. Hey guys, just a quick editor's note from producer Jay. The team plans to reveal the jerseys in mid-January for this season. Back to the pod. So are we going to have a jersey party, though? Well, so this year is going to be a little bit of a hybrid because we have a new, um, obviously, a new apparel sponsor. And since all this has happened kind of late, uh, we're not going to, hopefully going forward, what will happen is is we will have a reveal where the players will have, you know, a mock-up of the new Fashion jersey. show. Yeah. And then this is what I'm here for. Yeah, um, and then we'll then we'll release then we'll re- then we'll do pre-orders for the jerseys, and then they'll be here for when the season starts. All I heard is players. Does that mean we're gonna have players? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's not gonna be. We're counting on you for some quality work in the midfield. <laughs> Listen, I'm a I'm a goal scorer. I, I don't track back. Tim he, Kelly at keeper. <laughs> Matt is none of these things. He's neither a defender or a goal scorer. I'm he's a goal scorer. A, he's a hawk on the pitch. That's exactly what he is. He's a ball boy. The other thing that'll be new for season passes is this will be the first year that we have a youth season pass. All right. So, and we'll have a youth jersey pass. And the other thing that'll be slightly different is, is even if you have a season pass that includes a jersey, everyone will get the card that is scanned that has a QR code on the back. So you're no longer required to wear your jersey to every single match to get in. Oh, thank God. So, and the and we'll still have five dollar beer. Sometimes I'm bad at getting my uh, my laundry done, and then I'm like, oh, no. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm so shocked right now. Or, are you? This is my shocked face. Or one of those four games in eight days. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm not trying Truth. to jinx anything. I'm hoping those don't happen anymore. I'm knocking on some wood on the podcast table. You guys, listeners me. can hear that. You and me both. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> on all of us, for sure. I, except for those players. They seem to just be able to handle it with no problem at all. It's like, <laughs> oh, to be young again. It's like every week is Boxing Day week. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> in the NPSL, it is. Yeah. And that include that includes the, the the field where you're getting punched in the face and the referee's not calling anything, and the amount of games you have in the week. Speaking of this total detour here, but next week is the most glorious week in the EPL season, just because of boxing I, and I all the extra games. It's glorious. I'm excited to be off. I'll be I'll be in New York City, games. glowing, uh, basking in the glow of the brand up there. <laughs> you mean Long Island, <laughs> right? Or or, or Brooklyn? Uh, where, where else have they played? All five boroughs, I think. Yeah, without a home and a single one. Right. Just like, NY, just like NYFC. <laughs> uh, NYCFC at least has had a home for more than a few games. Sorry, boys. Until until this year. They're going to play at MCU. They're going to play at Yankee Stadium. They're pretty much Shea Stadium. They're pretty much doing a tour of baseball Shea stadiums. Shea doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> they're still going to play there. What's it called now? City Field. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, totally different is, ballpark. That is a new. That is a, a new to- ballpark. It's not new. It's been there 15 years. That's because it's because the team that plays there is irrelevant. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back when I was a sports fan, that people were wearing by cats, or hats, coats, and ties to games. They're getting bought by uh, Trump's old lawyer Cohen. That's uh, going to jail or was in jail or whatever. The Mets. Isn't, Wait, isn't what? The Mets. A, isn't that a prerequisite for uh, owning the Mets, though? <laughs> Shout out Bernie Madoff. So. Uh, so speaking of Ponzi schemes, uh, MLS is starting up in uh, Nashville. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. Well done. Wait, I, I thought it was just a. I thought it was just a band that decided to play a little soccer. 
See, I saw somebody argue today that it's not really a Ponzi scheme, but it is a really good multi-level marketing scheme. I actually think I agree with that. Yeah. It's the Amway of soccer. Jay, That's exactly. Jay, pull up. Weren't they sponsored by Amway for a yeah. while? Herbalife's they're, they're, a big Herbalife, sponsor. They, yeah. <laughs> there are still multi-MLMs. Pull up uh, Nashville FC ver, or Nashville SC, ver, the two new logos, the USL versus MLS logos. And let's look at oh, the yeah, monstrosity and travesty. I don't yeah. feel like we need to look at it <laughs> to know that it's terrible. I've seen it enough. Just band them together. So it's so, a, it's an in so with is this speakers. Where, is this where we're going to segue into the uh, the whole re- redesign discussion too? About I swear some, to God, some, if you redesign our logo, no, 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 no. Yeah, let's go. Let's let's tear apart. So some so here's the thing about Nashville SC's thing. This is just turning to us shitting on everyone now. This to me, let's go. This is what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, for sure. This to me looks like a label off of a microbrewery's bottle that was like wants to be real hip and trendy i was gonna say it's a rejected um, uh logo gold, for beats gold gym and brewery <laughs> yeah gold gym's also yeah, excellent yeah so so here, I, so there's a there actually is a brewery in denver that has a very similar color palette and has kind of that um deconstructed um icon in the middle like that and uh that's what it reminds me of when i first see it but like, how do you not just use the the old logo? I mean, I know they have to get a new logo, blah blah blah. But like, why can't you just use the old logo? Like, well, change one thing. If we've learned one thing from franchise Soccerland, is that um, sometimes the decisions suck? No, it's that um, what happened before they got to town's irrelevant to them. One hundred percent of the time. So yes. I mean, I, you know, I I don't think that's. Um, you know, disingenuous to say, I think it's fair. It's a fair assessment. You know, I mean, I think that's, I think they would tell you that if you asked them. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not the same ownership group, right? Like right. They, it's not. They brought in, they brought in the USL team so they could have some existing soccer operations, but it's not like this is a, and they uh, had players under contract, you know, that were on MLS contracts at USL this year. So yeah. And also like, I actually two, produced a couple games of TV for them. Two year, so. international forwards that are USL level. We'll see how that translates to the, another division. But why is it that every time a new MLS team comes out with a crest, they go, they look at all, it looks like they look at all the cool options that real graphic designers do online and go, let's do the exact opposite. Something that is absolutely terrible compared to what everybody else in the world can do. Well, it's there's I, no other soccer in the rest of the world. Look, so like they have nothing to compare it to. Every mother on the planet thinks their baby is cute, right? So I mean, that's not true though. I mean, that's that, definitely that, not they, what Matt's mother. I said. would love to hear this discussion <laughs> to hear Rustin's views on this discussion because I mean, look, I'm not a graphic designer, um, but I know what I think works and what other. And as a producer, someone that's produced video and you know, high level content for a while. Like if, if, if I was given that and told you have to work with it, you'd be like, okay, what, are, how are we going to make this work the best way we can make it work? Right. Um, but it wouldn't be, if I had a vote and it was like, these are things we're considering. I'd be like, eh, what else you got? Somebody joked that it's that designers will put up like five things and one of them's intentionally bad. And then they accidentally pick the bad one. That's Chicago fire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's like, it's like the string cheese version of a shake weight. <laughs> okay. Wow. Are you about that? No, no, he's talking about that, that one that's uh 
the, the, the movie rehearsal the, the right talent one, the vertical one that's literally so they did that has the adidas logo they've tri- the yeah one. they've tried to do so listeners if, if you're listening and you're not driving and you get on the computer and you search for nashville sc logo um there's a lot of different ones and that one literally does look like a terrible shake weight i think it's supposed to be like sound coming up the, yeah i mean i think it's wave. supposed to look like an audio waveform how um, are six thousand people gonna especially make that, that much one sound? so okay so here they're using um you know, musical language, band to hashtag band together. Um, and it, it definitely looks like a digital representation of an audio sound wave. Um, and I guess in that context, it, it tells a better story than just if you look at just the crest. Right? Oh, so, I get it. Um, it's because they're, they're going to be pumping noise into the stadium because no one else is going to be there. I, I tell you what, well I have heard, I've heard that ticket sales are not going well. Uh, they're publicly they announced, uh, which I, I would assume that these numbers, if, if if they could be inflated, will be inflated. Five thousand season ticket deposits or sales, whichever one it was. Right. Which is well, uh, if we know one thing about MLS, they're always accurate with their announced attendance. Yeah, they are. They're about they're the only thing. The 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 first division team is less popular than the second division team, which seems bad. Well, look, I tickets mean, are a lot more expensive too. So, so I mean, here's that, the here's the thing. Oh yeah, I can't um, wait to pay up hundred dollars to watch us lose by four goals to Atlanta. Sit in a Triple A baseball stadium. Yeah, but you know what? They solved that by putting them in the West, so they don't have to play Atlanta but once a year. Yeah, lucky <laughs> so, them. Um, what is it with Nashville teams it's, in the West? It's not like, like the Predators, predators the same way. In the it's, West. It's not like the Western Conference is where most like of the, the winners come it's like from. Like when or the anything. Braves used to be in the. And you know, in the NL West or whatever, yeah. back in the day. But um, if you get there late, you get stuck in the West. I do. I do think that there has been in the last. <laughs> Is that a metaphor for the country too? <laughs> I do think in the last two, three years, well, two years for sure, as MLS has uh, been granting franchises to everyone with three hundred million dollars, um, that there is a lot of who is the next Atlanta thinking that you can if you hit the market right you can get 70,000 you know on a and I don't know that people understand what an outlier that that whole thing is oh for sure um you know I to people my personal take on it is Atlanta is a college sports town and MLS fits it well because there's not a whole lot of college sports going on at certain times of their season Mm. um and so um you know Atlanta and it's definitely it's even an outlier in Atlanta because Atlanta's other pro teams have not historically. I mean, even when the Braves were on their best runs, they you could walk up and get a playoff ticket. You know, day of. Um, you know, they've had two hockey teams come and go. The Falcons, either the Falcons do well when they're going to Super Bowls, um, but other than that, you know, same with the Hawks. You know, when they're doing well, people go. So. I had heard, I had heard a theory that Atlanta's also a very. Uh, Transient's not the right word, but a lot of a lot of especially young people transplant transplant. Yes, uh, yes. A lot of young people have moved to Atlanta over the years, and Nashville's got. The, and so, like, they already the had they already had you know the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants. They had their teams. They had the they other, had their teams the four, everywhere else. The other four sports, yeah. But no one no one has a soccer team because soccer's new and it just started yesterday and things like that. There's and probably so, a lot of validity to that. And so, also like Chattanooga showed Atlanta the way, right? And. And so, like, people can claim, like, oh, this sport, I like this sport, I now have a new team. Like, this is really cool. And they did great marketing. They went out to the city. They went out to, 
Uh, they have a two billion dollar stadium directly in downtown on public transit. Right. Yeah, and, but like, and, and, but they also went out to to communities, uh, to to also like you know heavily immigrant communities and, and and got buy in from there. Like they did everything right. They also won right out of the box. They also you spent, spent money to win. You can't understate that. Now, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens in Cincinnati because you know, Cincinnati, like, like Louisville, who I think we're getting ready to talk about too, um, crushed the attendance you know, early in the USL, in their USL existence. And that's really what put them on the yeah. MLS radar. They, you know, Cincinnati is, doesn't fit any of the market dynamics of the other places MLS is expanding to, but with the exception of a lot of young people, what they had was big attendance numbers and sustained. uh, Yeah. For a a good two years and a deep U S open cup run. That helps. That certainly helped. I watched Um, a bunch of those and I had no, um, full disclosure. I went, I went to college in Cincinnati and then, um, and then Louisville and then, you know, Louisville, Success on the field um, has certainly – well, I mean, they – they. I was actually living in Louisville when that club launched, um, and their first club president was a good friend of mine. He wasn't there very long. He left. But, um, you know, they, they crushed the season ticket number before they ever played a game, had a bunch of people dying to have it. Um, they did a very vibrant youth soccer culture in Louisville, um, and they were able to – parlay that into really good attendance playing in a minor league baseball stadium where they actually built a retractable pitching mound that goes nice that is on hydraulics and goes below the surface so that they have a you know they don't have to dig up the mound every time so they invested a lot of money they've got deep pockets it's the brown foreman family that makes bottle uh, does woodford reserve nice um you know so they've got some deep money um starting a nwsl team they are and um you know and they they did a lot of things right, and then they were super competitive from the jump, you know, and they've been in every USL final, I think, since they've been in existence, or maybe... I, not the, not their the first, first one. one. Not the first not one. Not their first yeah. one. Um, so, but it's I mean, also because they signed Niall McCabe from us. Right. So, so but I mean... They, well been, done. They've been super successful on, on the on the field. Um, Come on, Niall. And... The funny thing is, is when they make the finals, they go play in Louisville's University of Louisville's soccer stadium and don't play at the minor league baseball stadium. They uh, did that one time. Yeah. But, um, but the family that, that the, you, the Louisville University of Louisville stadium is named after is also, uh, who they're naming the Lou city team after. Uh, I feel like that's going to be confusing. Um, I think the, I think they're wording it differently, but, um, and it's a beautiful, it's going to be a beautiful stadium. Um, I've seen some of the, the pictures yeah. and the, the um, uh, process so far. And to, it looks really good. Circle this back to the discussion on the branding. I thought Louisville hit a home run with their first concept that, that they started with. Um, I think everyone did except for the people who own it, I guess. Um, I mean the, you know, very some similarities to St. Louis because the Florida Lee is the is the town symbol just like it is for St. Louis, but they're both um, originally were French um, outposts on the river. Um, they've got the barrel staves from the bourbon barrels. And no their, wonder they surrendered the logo to yeah, USL in their original stuff. Um, you know, city skyline. They've got their their supporters group is called the Coopers, which is you know kind of a deep cut there that's the who makes the barrels for 
for bourbon. Uh, and shout out to the Coopers. They're, Coopers. they're a really cool group of guys. They are, and they, they do it right. Um, and for them to rebrand it and not only do it the way they did it, but then change the color palette too. I'd like, I'd love to know the discussion that went on behind the scenes that led to it. Was it, Hey, we're moving into a new stadium and this is the perfect time to do something new. Um, or was it a hey, merch sales have stalled and let's, you know, let's bust up something new to drive merch sales. I don't think anyone's going to buy that though. Well, I mean, I want to see what the secondary iterations of all this are. Um, you, you know, I don't think they've released all those yet. But Jay, um, you should search for the l- rumored Louisville, Louisville proof logo because it looks actually um, a little bit similar. I, I my biggest complaint is is that they're using the nickname, and I feel like a crest should be formal. We wouldn't we wouldn't do a crest and say Noog Football Club or Nuga or Chatty, you know. I just I, I like the more traditional, and I hate that they took all the gold away because that's one of their primary yeah. colors. Yeah. It, it is, and it's um, and it's a city color. the The new thing looks very um, Sacramento Kings to me. Yes, in the color palette, and um, it looks like, like it's something it's from like the, the EU. It's like the Sacramento Kings and the LA Kings had a baby. <laughs> And they that made is the, so true. And, and they made the Louisville runner-ups. So. The only thing I don't like, the only thing I really love about it is they've got two stars above their crest. I was actually going to ask about that. So <laughs> it's that's that, that's not league specific. Like that's you as a club. So when they move up, they can keep those stars, right? Well, so they're not actually moving anywhere. They're moving to a new stadium, but they're not going MLS. No, I'm thinking St. Louis over yeah, here. Yeah, no, I mean, they, so if if they did, if they made the jump, we, we all know St. Louis isn't going to win anything, though. That's true. Here I uh, I have so, so there are a lot of people in Louisville just having moved from there that um, really strongly feel like they're next up for MLS. They certainly do. Have, they have a half billion dollars. They do. They certainly do. I mean, if you drink Woodford Reserve, you're funding an MLS. Have an empty probably. bottle downstairs. But um, you know, my question is: Are they going to give a team two hours down the road from Cincinnati? I don't know. Um, I seems to be if the check cashes, Don Garber will show up for your thing. I think the real question um, for Don Garber is should Louisville should, if you live in Louisville, should you be a Cincinnati fan or should you be a Nashville fan? I don't think I think your average Louisvillian would <laughs> just be a Lucidity tell you to and, and, would tell you to piss off. Yeah, they would be like <laughs> neither. That's the correct answer so, by the way, but it's not um, the, ML, the the MLS answer. Well, I mean, who has the territory rights? How am I supposed <laughs> to choose between Nashville and Atlanta? Oh, hey, fuck both fa- those are cities. Are you a Falcons fan or a Titans fan? Okay, the NFL's kind of terrible. And I, okay. who, who should actually watch that effort? So, it's, it's a generational thing, too. I mean, it, like here, most people, if you, if you ask them if they're a Falcons fan or a Titans fan, it kind of goes along with their age. Younger people tend to be the Titans fans. Yeah. Older people, because the Falcons came in the 60s. Yep. If you talk to some really older folks in Chattanooga, they're Redskins fans because they were who was on TV down here before the Falcons came along in the 60s. Um, I, once, I once watched a Titans game last year, and I fell asleep like 15 minutes in. So that's the extent of my involvement with the NFL. So the other thing is, it, it will be interesting to see, and this is a couple steps down the road, but Louisville is one of the most successful teams in USL. MLS and USL have a very uh, friendly relationship for the most part. There's very little um, comp- direct competition just here and there. But down the line, you know, Sacramento didn't get in for a really long time, but they're finally getting in. They are a massive TV market. They were one of the last really big TV markets because of how it conglomerated that wasn't in. And so I wonder if they'll look at Louisville they may not look at them next. 
I, I doubt they will. But four, three, four, five franchises down the line, can they look at there and say, "Hey, we get to you get to punch USL in the mouth, um, keep them down because if you keep taking their biggest and best franchises, and and potentially you get a market that cares, right? If you, if they're selling out every game at fifteen thousand seats, which I, I would assume they have a, a a plan to build their stadium a little bit bigger if they need to expand it. If they're selling out every game, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand seats. I mean, they're already very much middle of the pack or even upper half the pack for MLS stadiums. Oh, for sure, upper half. You know, I mean, have you seen the crowd at a Revs game? <laughs> Neither are they. <laughs> so, I've, I might see more than uh, Bob Kraft has. Yeah. Yeah. Does so. Does Bob Kraft know he owns a soccer team? That's the eternal question. He's too busy uh, only, seeing the inside of the Orchid the, Lounge. Only when the check comes from some. <laughs> I was going to say the he, back of that one real fast. He, he's too busy filming other teams in the NFL on their sidelines. I think it's accountant signs that check. To be fair. Yeah. True. It just I, think he, I, I have this vision that he takes it to a liquor store and cashes it. <laughs> I need one hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars. My real, my real question is: with the amount of money that he makes on the NFL side, and also like you know the general business side, is the sum check like that much in comparison? It's enough to make him want to play ball, right? Oh, fair enough. I mean, why except, would he? Why would he have the club if? That, except for if they play, they him. play in his stadium that he is not really using at the time. Right. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like he, they don't play on I, nights. I, I've been there for ICC, where literally, like Belichick and them were practicing next door during camp, and they were, their people were bitching about the revs people being in their area, and it. There's a little bit of that, not much, but there's a so they, certain times, so they certain do times know of year, they exist. Certain, certain times a year. Only when they annoy them. Right. <laughs> I just figure it's probably worth... I mean, he did, to be fair to Bob Craig, he did own multiple MLS teams at one point when the league was about to almost crash. Yeah, I mean, I think they, you know... He, the, pitched, in to keep, he pitched in to help keep it. It was three best, guys that owned 10 teams. The best comparison is like, you know, in the early days of the WNBA, the WNBA was propped up by the NBA, you know, because they were able to, same thing, use the same buildings for the most part, utilize the same um, front office staff, not like the technical side, not the GM side, but the ticket the, sales. The business side. Ticket, yeah, the business side of the FO, right? And so the barrier to starting was low, lower, right? And MLS had the same. I and mean, that's why early days of the MLS were almost all NFL owners, almost all NFL buildings with a few exceptions. So, um, you know, and then they kind of swung the pendulum the other way and they were telling places like Denver, you know, when the Rapids came, you have to build a soccer specific stadium. And that was the mantra for a good while. And then as soon as Arthur Blank wanted a team, then, oh, well, well we relaxed that one. Or, uh, or City Football Group or right. whoever else. Yeah, so. But, I mean, that's USL's pitch right now. Right. In League One and and uh, Championship, build a build a stadium or probably not going to put a team here. Right. And, and that's public money. I mean, they don't want part of their business model. Get, yeah. get, get the owner to buy in, and then that money that they could have spent towards the stadium should come from the taxpayers. The, the problem with that whole concept is the public funding for stadiums is at the all-time low ebb, right? I mean, there's, there are not many communities that have any appetite at all. I mean, that's why the Chargers left San Diego, right? I mean, <laughs> why- there, there just are not many municipalities these days that'll be like, oh, you need a 4%, uh, you know, TIF for, say, you know, sales tax rebate or something to pay for this new stadium. Yeah, we're not doing that. That's why the Chargers same are currently... O- same with Oakland. The yeah. Chargers are currently playing in an MLS stadium. But that's also why where you are seeing some that's of those... That's out of this world. 
why you are seeing some of those things happen is you're seeing some smaller municipalities be like, I'll be your Huckleberry. Or, I mean, even, you know, at the MLS level, that's that's why they moved why the fire moved out of downtown Chicago for the period of time. Yeah. That they did, right. They, you know, you find a municipality. It's like Bra- the Braves Cobb County. Park. Cobb County was like, Hey, sorry. Truest park. Yeah. Cobb County was like, Hey, we'll, we'll pass this just with a city council vote was all it took to pass that. It was never a public referendum and all of that. And that's why some people in Cobb are pissed. And that's why some be. people have didn't get reelected. Well, yeah. So true I mean, story. And those tax breaks go for so long that the financial benefit coming back to the community is so far deferred that it is, you know, Braves could be looking for another new stadium by then. Yeah, they Cobb County's already realized what a bad deal that yeah. that was, even after just about two years. We, we, we'll hit the St. Louis Rams Stadium. My understanding there is that those taxpayers are on the hook for another like twenty years or something. Yeah, like that. that that one's complicated and really stupid without going into crazy number of details. I mean, I had a lot of friends with the Rams when they okay, were in St. Go, Louis. Go ahead and go as far in as you want to go. This this podcast four <laughs> so, listeners are really really nerdy. But they the Rams had a deal with the city that. Um, their stadium was supposed to be in the top 10% of technical advances. Uh, so like video boards and things that the fans see. So basically every time other stadiums upgraded, it would trigger a thing where the Rams stadium was supposed to. The city to be. would pay for Rams stadium well, upgrades? they were supposed to. Oh. And um, it's a city building. It, Rams didn't, never owned it. But it was, Stan Kroenke does not lose money. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I just has Arsenal fans, um, but he, he knows how to, you know, he's like Disney. If you've got a dollar in your pocket, he knows how to get it. Um, you know, and so it was in their claws when they because they were desperate to get a team back after they lost their, you know, the Cardinals. And so they were like, gave them this clause. And, and then every time, so every time the Rams went back and said, Hey, you guys are supposed to do this upgrade. They'd be, they'd come up with, you know, a reason why, they couldn't, you know, the funding wasn't there. And basically that put them in default. And so that was, you know, all that Cronky needed to go. Okay. Check you later. Interesting. I was it's recently wild. in St. Louis and it is just sitting there. Yeah. Absolutely nothing happens there. It's just an empty the, giant uh, building. Yeah. Especially after they built that beautiful new hockey building. Cause the, the other events that used to go like the NCAA wrestling championships have been in St. Louis a couple of times, which is a massive event, 80,000 people, you know, for three days. It's crazy. It's a cool event. And, uh, now it's at the Scott trade center. I think it's how, how big yeah, is so. that arena? I think it's just under 20,000, which is like bigger than the Preds who is around like 17 or 18. I think. Speaking of Nashville, Smo, you spend a, a good bit of time in Nashville. Have you seen a bunch of MLS buzz? No, just a couple <laughs> couple billboards when you drive through. That's all, I, all I mean, I've seen. Yeah, so. I don't. Uh, and I've got plenty of friends that live there that don't really. And you know, it's funny. I have some friends that really liked the USL version, and I don't hear them get as excited and talk. I think it's just because there's just this huge jump in price, and I I think the people that were watching Nashville SC at at the baseball stadium, I think they were happy with it that size. I don't think – I really don't think that that town is going to embrace them any more than they just did the USL team. I could be wrong, but it just doesn't have that same feel. That's and I really I, – I, yeah, you're just not going to catch that Atlanta thing. Holy was, shit. 
I just pulled uh, oh, up yeah. the. Uh, it's I just some pulled expensive up the, the season tickets. Okay, wait. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Tell, tell us about these season tickets. So the supporter section is twenty five dollars for a single game. It's four twenty five for the season. Uh, the other See, end they zone. They should have just done four twenty and been done with it. The other end zone is the same, uh, same price. On the the sidelines, which are the the two sections, on the sideline side, uh, in the kind of on on the main field portion. Thirty-five dollars for single ticket or for single game tickets. Five ninety-five for the season. Midfield down there uh, is is fifty dollars for a single game ticket. Eight fifty for the season, and then you bump up to wow. the club level, uh, which is one seventy-five for a single game, and two thousand nine hundred and seventy-five dollars for the season. Yeah, I mean that's it's a big, now that's all inclusive food, beverage, and parking. Yeah. Which it's a big problem though. I mean. It, all of the but, but still all of the markets that have been co-opted by franchise soccer um you know are pricing out their their best fans the day they open the doors let's do some math here it's 17 is it 17 games how many games is it the mls home schedule would be 17 games while you're looking at that the irony is is um detroit city today put up a graphic and it was talking about the average cost to take a family of four to an nfl game is like Five hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, NBA and NBA is about four hundred. Um, I can't remember what NHL was. Average MLS was like two hundred and fifty to take a family of four. You know, the joke being that um, Detroit was like, well, you can buy four season tickets <laughs> for that cost with us and still have forty dollars left over. And so actually, have money that stays in the community. That's too. right. I mean, that's you know. So these these prices too. Not there's not a single there's not any. If it's seventeen games, there's no discount. There's no. zero discount. I, which and I know to you, be honest, that that is a what we do is a rarity. I mean, most most season ticket opportunities in any pro sports for sure, but most season ticketed sports, it's the price of the ticket times the number of regular season home games is the price of the season th- ticket. What what that requires is scarcity though, for that to make any sort of sense. There's not gonna be there's not gonna be any scarcity in Nissan Stadium. Well, there's scarce there's scarcity. They're just not gonna allow you to sit in most of the stadium. Yeah, I mean what you're that's also what you're issue. potentially doing is I mean it depends on, you know, we also have a very much a rarity too and that the entire stadium is pretty much general admission so it's like pick yeah. your, pick your seat right um so you know what the, the scarcity is within the view that you want to have right there's only this many at center at midfield there's only this many i mean i would argue right in nissan the stadium world. there's more so, in each section yeah than i mean so. i i'm pretty sure they're pricing for their next stadium and not pricing for this one that makes sense. Uh, as a, as a comparison, if they you, ever build their next stadium, well, there's that issue. <laughs> it's uh, it's currently sitting potentially in the graveyard. If you know what I mean. I've heard that on the news when I was driving through Nashville the other day. Well, it was a joke about something else, but I'll digress. Um, I I just pulled up the because I was curious the season ticket, the the season ticket prices versus the single game prices for. Uh, HFX Wanderers in Nova Scotia in the Canadian Premier League. Why would you pull them up, Matt? Well, because I'm a huge fan of them. So that's why. See, I actually appreciate the fact they put the percentage that you're saving right, right there yeah. on the Yeah, so website. they've got – so a in in the kitchen, which is their version of 109 uh, behind the goal, uh, the member price per game uh, is $17.48. That's Canadian, folks. Uh, for what for that, like $12 U.S.? Yeah, something, wow. some something. Breezy trying to have an international <laughs> incident here. 
They're I mean, nice people, okay? Calm down. I was just there like, nice a week Cana- and a half ago. Those nice Canadians in Detroit are going to come oh down here and gosh. kick your ass. <laughs> but so, so that's $17.48 per game on the season ticket package. Uh, what do you have to do to be a member? To get member pricing? I think just buy sit, your... sit in that section. Sit in the kitchen okay. in the, in the, or stand. So there's not a membership fee? No, not to my sure. knowledge. Okay. I have not looked that closely because I've never had a reason I to. I thought you were a fan. I'm the kind of fan that might show up once a year, right? Well and, and and sit and sit somewhere else, okay? Because that's probably all I'm ever going to be able to do. Um, but a single ticket. Are for, you even allowed to go into Canada? Yeah, you know, there they, and they back. Do, they do background checks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. Okay. It's fine. Okay. They they know I'm a lobbyist, and they didn't care. It was weird. Well, no, I was thinking more about that beatdown you put on that guy down on Broad Street last week. <laughs> it's a joke. No, it's but I'm mean, like, I was, I was making, I was, I was looking at my security guys in the back, back of the room, being like, "What you guys do?" So a a, uh, if you get the season pass, a per game is seventeen dollars and forty eight cents with a season pass. With a season pass, versus twenty seven dollars and sixty four cents for a single ticket in the same section, which is a savings of thirty seven percent. See, I. And those percentages range from 28% savings to 37% savings. We do, we do some very similar pricing. It's not that drastic. But I, I would like to know like, what percentage of people actually ever pay the actual listed price. You know what I mean? Is, is that a, is that a I think on, on paper number most or is of, that an most actual of the number people, where people buy that? Most that of the price? people buy season tickets. Uh, so kind of like they you probably know, don't when you go to them. Joseph A. Banks and they're giving you three suits for 199. That's really the price all day long. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not the sale. I think I think for, for them specifically, most of the people now they're buy never going to be a tickets. sponsor. Now that I did that too, <laughs> the official men's clother. <laughs> right. It's okay. Like, there's like five. There's like five I just want to see listeners. Fuller in a suit one time. <laughs> Do they make this with short pants? <laughs> the irony is, as Fuller he, he would prefers. actually prefer to dress up. Yes. So. Yes. Okay. It's, it's Bill Elliott. You're never going to see in a suit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, I, I think the reason why I brought them up is because I, there, I wanted there to was, look. If there was like any kind of contention between those two guys, it's over the way they dress. <laughs> so, we'll get I, we'll get him a blazer that says PF on the lapel, though. You know, with a B on uh, it. I think that'd be awesome. Because Peter Fuller actually asked me if I could get if he got some nice dress shirts if I could get them embroidered with a logo. Of course. And he said, but I won't do that until Bill's gone. <laughs> Wait, that means when you put that order like, in, gone, let me know, gone, and I'll order. Like, I'll order some just, too. Uh, no. uh, also, back, saying we're not breaking news here. No, when Bill goes back to Florida, yes, yeah. Ooh, okay, a when, little, little fall, little fall season, uh, yeah. little fall season choice. Just like who you want? wait, you wait till mom and dad are out out of town before you throw the kegger. <laughs> yeah. who, also, who wants to wear a long sleeve dress shirt in the middle of summer? I was just about to say when he mentioned that, I was like, I've done you that. do know that we're in the South, right? And you're going to be sweating through that shirt in about ten minutes. It's fine. Get over it. I just want some Gore-Tex rain gear for, for the fall season, please. <laughs> Actually, what we need is a roof. Right. I'll get right on that. Okay. Right. Thanks. Now my sponsorship goal just tripled. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. So, awesome. Yeah. Best selling merch it would be a good this roof. year was, was the rain jacket. It'll only leak in the North Stands. Well, so, okay. Yeah. That, be, that'll work It'll be for a me. great roof. What are our season ticket prices looking like, Smo? Oh man! Since we haven't seen them tomorrow, I'm trying to remember what they are. Uh, oh, I can't remember. 
I'm such a good. Go to cfctix.com. I'm thinking. We're um, looking at. I'm thinking 135 for um, for the regular club pass, what we would normally call the club pass, and then 195 for that's what it is. 135 and 195, and that gets you into 18 games. It will not include a U.S. Open Cup if we if we got a U.S. Open Cup home game or if we have an international exhibition or playoffs, but all the regular games during a season. We just we we know in the past we've made it all inclusive, but it's really hard to. It really hurts, um, and it's hard on revenue when when you add like a Real Betis. It makes sense, you know. And we just can't do that going forward. But what we're going to give is still a really good deal, and um, and a per ticket average price. I think it's about thirty percent off what we'll do for regular season and these are and and like we were saying before for the first time ever we'll have a a youth option which i think will really help out with families that's, to very, that's, that's, affordable. Awesome. that's very cool and the youth price it's like ends up for the season passes i think is about five dollars a ticket nice so it's a that's really awesome. a really that's good awesome. deal now 18 18 games in 2020 right so we're going to go with an annual pass irrespective of how the intricacies of the, the NISA season end up turning out, which we really don't know. Yeah, correct. Yet. Just for for this season, we want to kind of, while we're still trying to figure out how this is all going to work, we Walk just decided. into it. Yeah, we decided it was easier to go ahead and just make this for the 2020 season. And then and then we'll see going forward in 2021 how everything pans out. And then we'll. So how do you, like as a front office and doing tickets and, and sales and things like that, how do you plan? I mean, eight, we're, 18 games is what we're what we're guaranteeing basically correct how what kind of stuff goes into the planning of we're going to decide on 18 games knowing there's a spring season there's i I guess at this point plan for a fall spring season for 2020 2021 but we don't really know how that looks like so like how how does a how does the front office land on 18 games it's 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 been a challenge i'm sure but part of it is um Part of it is is we have a pretty good feel for what we're going to have in the spring and the fall, and then what we'll just do is is if we're short a game, we can always add in um, a friendly to round it out. But we feel really comfortable being able to guarantee that there'll be eighteen home matches, okay, minimum, and and, and probably like just if we know going in, especially if the fall schedule is already set, that we can just add a preseason friendly in the fall and right. Yeah, to be honest, there's probably higher odds of getting more than 18 for that money yeah. than getting less than 18. Like, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because we, because we don't know the fall schedule yet. And I mean, you know, we know Cosmos aren't coming until fall. So, you know, we know, you know, are, are we sure about that though? Well, last word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Remember I it's checked, 20. I haven't checked my phone in an hour, so who knows? <laughs> Remember it's but, 2024, but um, <laughs> they're going to know already. And, and there are some, you know, it's a question for next time you have Tim on the pod because Tim's actually on the expansion committee. But, um, you know, there are some other groups that have shown interest that are kind of going through the vetting process that would at earliest be a fall, you know, fall edition. A fall um, this year, four years ago edition. <laughs> You're confusing me with all this. Um, <laughs> this is what we do. We take a joke and we beat right, it to I death. know, right? 2024. Stop, it's it already dead. It, it would have been five years ago. I want to make so, a joke about beating Nisa to death, but I won't. Well, you know, and then we have to send Schwarzenegger back to kill him. 
Um, see, yes. I can take a bad joke and make it worse. This is my <laughs> gift. This is my gift to the world. Um, my Kuju. Right. <laughs> um, that's a bad joke that's forever bad. <laughs> so, you know, that we know, we know what the spring schedule is going to look like roughly. Um, we know at the smallest what the fall schedule will look like. And we're confident that between that and the exhibitions, the, the friendlies that we'll layer in that we'll have 18 in 2020. So in the calendar year of 2020. Does that in theory include a couple games in the summer, probably after the spring, like take yeah. a break after the spring season. And I mean, it's going to really kind of depend on a couple of things. It's going to depend on um, the start dates for the fall NISA and what the, you, you back up when training would start Yeah, for that. It's going to depend on what we do in the U S open cup, because some of that bleeds into some of those dates, right? I mean, the U S is, the, if I think our, open? I think our round three game would be in, in May or I'm sorry, uh, round three is early April round four or no round two is early April round three is two weeks later. I think round four is two weeks later. Yeah. We might walk into, but it might extend. You know how long we have players. You know where they may be on a break. You know if we're advancing, depending on what. If the, we if we advance that far, I'll be extremely happy. So, so yeah. So I mean, you know, but you have to budget and plan for those things, or or you end up with a team that advances so far they're out of their budget and have to get funding to go play in a final. We want I, I, I really want to make an Atlanta SC joke here, but they so, haven't won anything. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's safe to say we're going to have 18, you know, minimum in the calendar year of 2020. Um, and again, like Smo said, wooden and cloud international friendlies and U S open cup and playoffs. So, I mean, eight, 18 as a minimum is, uh, yeah, I, I can, I can work with that. And we're talking about, you know, hopefully mostly weekends and spread out. And it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be a stray, you know, weeknight here and there, midweek match, you know, a couple times a season probably. I mean, again, but, you know, U.S. Open. A mass customary, could, Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, but When those yeah, happen to be scarce, then that's more fun. When you do it every time in a smashed period during the summer, it's not as fun. But right. if you when throw you put, one in every now and then, we get to play. play fi- it. When you play five Wednesdays in a row yeah. and five, sat- this five Saturdays in between those Wednesdays. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's a thing of the past and we don't have to deal with that again. again. But, you know, we still haven't seen um, how the league is going to help the travel the the coast to coast travel situation you know literally do you go out for um two weekends and play two two saturdays and come back or do you compress it slightly and try to get three in that same 10 days where you do a midweek so that you can cut down on the number of coast to coast so we don't know what that's going to look like yet right okay so that's not so a great you, you, solution, but it's a smart financial one. Yeah, I mean, you may see a situation where, you know, when the West Coast teams come out here, that you have three games in eight days or nine days or something like that. Where, yeah. You know, they're where those guys are coming here, they're going to Detroit, they're going to New York or something like that, and we're getting all three, you know, during that. Who knows? I don't, you know, I'm speculating. But, I mean, we, we'll see what how that plays I mean, out. Major League Baseball, I've granted they play a lot more games, but when they go out... West you know, Coast swing. The, Bra- the Braves go out to, to San Francisco. They're following that up with 
the Dodgers yeah. and the Padres. It's the exact same with hockey and yeah. basketball, for the fact too. So I mean, like it wouldn't be. Yeah, the difference. I mean, is a week recovery versus. Yeah, I mean, you're a you're, one night break for basketball and hockey. Not that physically it's the same, but it's more like the NFL, where you're typically playing a seven day cycle, right? You have your yeah when you like to rest and recover, and when you like to train, and when you like to you know implement whatever for but the, but for even the next but even so. taking if, if it's if it's four teams in the west san diego la force oakland roots and cal united strikers right even if it's four teams in the west i mean reducing that to three trips is better than having four different trips right financially at least yeah and but i mean it's a it's it's a it's a geometry problem to figure that scheduling right i mean because if you're going to yeah. do that then all four of those clubs have to be at home at the same time Right. The other thing you have to look so into. Now, so is, now, who's playing over here while you got while the East guys are out west, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, so you get it's it's a um, it's a riddle that has to you know be figured out, and I think the thinking has been so far that it would be like two two game stretches at a time. That makes that, I mean a, that makes sense where they'd like to be. Partner but they teams. Gotta, yeah, but they've got to kind of figure out the and the other so issue. So the manufactured rivalry is, of Stumptown and Chattanooga is gonna. <laughs> gonna keep on going yeah or detroit and chattanooga or you know i mean you also run into the world versus the the cosmos if you're on the west coast for a week you gotta house them for a week so then you look at it's like is it cheaper to fly them back or is it cheaper to rent hotel rooms for a whole week yeah but the coast i mean i just i just flew in from denver last night which is half that trip and you know that's a full day because you know well in the spring, there's a nonstop starting to Denver from the Chattanooga airport. But right now, oh really? Yeah. Oh, that is breaking news but, you can use. Yeah. So, hey, I'm actually going to Denver next year too. Um, That's awesome. But I have, good, I have good friends in Denver. This is excellent news. Yeah. Uh, On which carrier? Red Rocks. Uh, I think it's American. So yeah, which is not great for my mileage partner. Are you a, are you a Delta man? Yeah, platinum. I've, uh, yeah. See, I've got I've got some Delta miles, but I've I've also got some American miles, and Chattanooga just flies so many places with American that. Yeah, so when I spent a lot of time so in the many. Atlanta airport. Yes, it's it's literally four. <laughs> okay, they, they they fly some places with American. Also, American uses a mileage a distance based chart for their mileage redemption, so it's cheaper if you're not super platinum to uh, make redemptions. Who cares and, about uh, those people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, me someday, right? <laughs> no, I mean so, but to go back to the point, I mean it's literally an all day thing to travel out there you know even if you flew non-stop from here to oakland or la or it's a four plus hour which you, can't, which you can't do but if you could um yeah it's and by the time it's team loads a bus loads all the gear drives to the airport unloads goes through does the same thing on the other end it's seven hours you know minimum and, yeah. and realistically if you got to fly to atlanta too you're looking at eight or nine hours right and then and and just the toll it takes on your body and the time change and all that kind of stuff. And there, you're talking about athletes why. too. You're not talking about guys like us. I know? think there's a reason why when we went out to Napa, uh, we played that game on a Sunday and I believe they flew out on a th- probably Thursday. Thursday. I think it was yeah. a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you'll see college teams that, you know, college football teams that fly to the West coast will go Thursday night so they can acclimate on Friday, walk through Friday night, play Saturday. Yeah. You got to get used to the time change. Yeah. yeah. So, I suspect I suspect we would do something similar. Yeah, and so well, you know, so I mean, it, I you know, 
there's a lot of logistics that Jordan, you know, and those guys will have to deal with to kind of figure out. And I think it'll be a rolling thing where the second time they won't do it the same as they did it the first time because they'll learn what worked for them and what didn't work for them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, there's to, to tie this all back to scheduling. I mean, the, you know, the league has got their work cut out for them and figuring out the best way to schedule. And then once we figure out what it is, you know, we'll do the best to give it to the ticket buying fans in the best way that we can, you know, whether that ideally it would be weekend games 90% of the season, but I don't know how realistic that is till we see the first schedule from NISA. Have we, have, have you guys thought any more about, um, you know, we experimented a little bit this year with the communicaciones match and with the, uh, the NPSL members cup matches on starting games at 6 PM. Uh, especially in the fall. Uh, granted, you weren't here during during that time, right. but I'm sure you were paying attention at least a little bit. Yeah, and that's there's a, some the survey that's getting ready to go out has some extensive questions about that about what people's preferences are. My personal opinion is that you there's two factors you want to look for. One is what's the most comfortable time weather wise. Um, both, Which probably takes precedence, both for the the athletes and for the fans. But I mean, obviously, you don't want to be playing uh, early September at noon or two, you know, because it could still be ninety plus, you know. Um, but you don't want to be playing it at night on, and, and, in November, you know. And then the school, yeah, the, and then the school situation, you know, you don't want to be kicking at seven p.m., seven thirty, eight p.m. when school's back. You know, I really just not, liked it's just, it's not sound. All the NISA teams on the West Coast seem to do these four PM Sunday afternoon games, which I really liked. That's something like we're that. lo- that's something we're looking at. In in the fall specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, maybe all the time, but in the fall in the fall specifically. I mean uh, there'll be some trial trial and error. We'll try we'll try a few things, see what works. But I think right now if you put a gun to my head and like when when do you think you you were going to target, I think Sunday mid afternoon, late afternoon for the, for the days that aren't 90 degrees outside. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So yeah, uh, Saturday at seven thirty is great in the summer. Yeah. I mean this, this, I mean, once the time change comes, you know, 4 PM is dusk. So, you know, I mean, that could just be tailgate you know, mimosas, so, right? Extended brunch. Let's go. Yeah. Tailgate brunch. Uh, you mentioned earlier in passing and we kind of, skipped on to other things and got back around uh, CFC app, potentially streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything more to that? It's still very early in the discussion phase. I mean, it, you know, to the point where we have to, we haven't even done the budget numbers on it yet to find out, you know, cause this would be something that would primarily be video delivery. It wouldn't be, you know, a, an app to necessarily, you know, get player news and look up rosters and stats and buy tickets on. Um, it would be more um, an OTT set box top app or a smart TV app or something like that that you could, um, wherever our streams are found, no matter what CDN the league approves or whatever, that would also be able to watch that and on-demand content. Thinking so, of, thinking of... Um, so if you think of like Hulu or something on your Roku or whatever, something like that. Thinking of, of you know rosters and being able to buy tickets and things, would that maybe be more of a league wide initiative where you have a league app that can do things like that? 
Possibly. Um, I haven't heard any talk of that yet, but there is talk of a common um, web host, um, common CDN or um, CRM for the web side, um, so that... Um, so that if I if I use there the might word, actually if, be information. Well, if I use the word template, there's a there's some positive and some negative connotations to it. I mean, the negative connotation is like, oh, all the sites will look alike. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on you know how good your but also how there good might your be how good your Paul Rustin is, right? And there we might have be the best Paul Rustin that on, we have on all the teams. Um, yes. So the, so <laughs> if you look at the positive side of that word, it would be hey, there's standardized things that every website should have, right? Like rosters in a certain format and statistics, headshots and statistics and all those kinds of things. Right. So That's the thing we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. So, um, there, I don't know what system it will be yet, but there will be a league wide statistical system that the league will train operators to use by spring or by fall by spring. Cool. So, yep. We'll be able to look things up. Yeah, now whether or not it'll have all the fancy, you know, extended stats that you want or not, I don't know. You still may be watching tape to get your XG and all the other fancy. Jim and Todd. Know, yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be all Jim. All the other <laughs> fancy stuff that you guys, you know, sit around and think about. That that um, like XG is is all Tim. You can't even get that. Yeah. You can't even get XG on I wanted to make a on, joke on that was MLS even or so R-rated that it would have blown up the explicit label. But I'll... I'll, but I'll defer on that so. uh but yes there will be standardized stats and league-wide so you can have somewhere to put your stats maybe smell somebody will just do them for me now i mean we automatically had a, we had a pretty good yeah. collab this year yeah i did it it's 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 a unfortunate that you know we had a good enough collab that i got sent it to the to the technical staff it's unfortunate that the MPSL has never really had kind of any kind of standard statistics besides who played and if they scored a goal. The be- well, the best part is they keep all that data, and then the, the the use of present presentation of that data is just so bad that you have to like the easy the simplest way to find data on everybody other than like you know who scored the most goals in the MPSL, and that requires them to update the page, which they do sometimes. Sometimes is that you have to go to each individual game report for each team and track players and goals and pray it's right because sometimes it's not yeah i'm I'm excited that being a stats geek i'm glad to see us going with something same yeah i think there'll be a lot of people like that including the press and and by the way well that's well that's a great way to earn help help yourself earn some earn media and also, like, gives us nerds on the podcast side of things. things yeah, so do. so that's another area that you'll see some some. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some I don't want to say improvement because that just implies that it, you know, not to not to look negatively on anybody that volunteered or helped in the past or you know has done any of that stuff in the past. But you know, we'll for example, like the website, you know. Game write-ups will be a little faster maybe than they've been in the past. It'll be targeted more toward a media audience so that we can get some of that earned media Things stuff. will be professionalized. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's what, what a professional I mean, team th- should have, right? This so, has been a community club for 11 years. Like right. We've just all been 
basically pitching in wherever we can. Now that said, I mean, we're still going to rely heavily on volunteers in a lot of places. And if stats are your thing and you want to go through the NISA training and become a statistician, like you're going to have to deal with the capos in one Oh nine. So they so, really don't like it when I miss games. So, all right. So I guess I'll talk to the other podcast about that. Then. Oh yeah. No, they <laughs> oh actually watch the games. So we just, we just talked to players. So, I mean, my job's to watch the game, but it's because I have to yell at you people to do things right. This is true. Well, actually, I don't know that that is your job. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so I know so you actually have five listeners. <laughs> I'll, we have that. That's worse for you than it is for us. Uh, Smo, before, and I'm sure we'll start wrapping up here in a minute. Thank you guys have been really, really generous with your time. Thank you very much. Um, we didn't touch too much on merch, especially because I listened to your podcast with our other friends that we've been referencing today, the Fort Ruthie Soccer guys, and they did a great preview of all the Hummel stuff. Yeah, shout out to them. So I didn't really want to step on all their toes. First of all, I think we share four out of five listeners, probably. I don't think my mom <laughs> listens to their podcast, but um, I think Matt's mom does. Uh, but I don't think my mom knows I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> better for you, better for you, and better for her for sure. Um, Does your probation officer know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but my security guys do. Okay. Uh, do you have any favorite pieces of merch? It's been a couple. I, I should have texted you to ask you if you would bring a, some hats today because I want to see those hats. Jay's yeah, a hat those, guy. Those hats are sweet. I'm a I'm a trucker hat fan, and I'm I always not, have. I'm been. not a trucker hat guy, but those are sweet. I'm not either, but I think those are turning me into one because I'm wearing a. I'm wearing a hat a little bit more often, but do you have any favorite pieces I of had merch? I your hairline, I would too. Well, that- <laughs> oh. It's going, you can see. It's getting bad. Oh my God. Says the balding guy. <laughs> <laughs> but those who live in a glass house shouldn't throw stones. Really, you but you know, right. yeah. you I'll can throw you, stones. I'll give you weight loss tips later too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So we got, we got a couple trucker hat guys in here. Do we, Are we ever going to see a bowler hat? Ooh, I haven't thought about a bowler hat. I mean... I, I'm I've, from the wrong I've era joked, now. I've the joked three on. hipsters in the yeah. capo section will buy that. The I, three I, hipsters and the people who are about 80 years so, old. Right. Typically when people ask for something like that, it's like, you know what would work great on that is if you put this patch on whatever hat of your choice. And people have done that. <laughs> um, no, those hats, uh, the the Richardson trucker hats that we just did for, yes. where it's just a really big oversized star ball and nothing else. It's beautiful. In a, and, you know, and the irony is, is I've been toying with that idea for like two seasons and I knew I was going to be short because the Hummel stuff was coming in late on stuff to sell for Christmas. And that was out of desperation. And I literally came up with that in like 45 minutes. And the funny thing is I came up with one and then I was looking, I was like, Oh, well, wait a minute. We could do two different colors. And then we picked two different hats and then all of a sudden we had four different hats and they've sold really well. So, and far. you have them all at winder binder right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and on the website, this, yeah. Oh man. So Pro- yeah, producer I, Matt over here. So I'll say this, the, the, gray color that is like the panel on like one of the yeah. colors is makes the other colors look ridiculously vibrant it's really cool you i definitely plan on having one of each of the style of hat well and the cool thing i keep joking about this 2020 is going to be the year of the hat because this is we've got more hats too that are coming do you have, do you have some more beanies do you have beanies coming different beanies I mean, because i have a cfc beanie which i wear regularly but I would love to have an additional beanie. That maybe and with it being colder for games, you have a reason on the to top. wear it. 
<laughs> yes, preferably I, I, rainbow I, I color. I kind of love the poof, though, if we're being honest. Yeah, I like, I'm, I'm old school. I like the poof. No, I do, too. Top, Here's the but. problem with the poof, though. If it's raining and you or it's really cold and you want to put like that CFC rain jacket hood over the top, uh-huh. the poof's a real pain in the ass. If there's no poof, <laughs> you, can put the, you can combine the two. You want, a, it, you want a scully, a yeah. CFC scully. I don't know what that is, but that sounds a right. Toboggan or a toboggan. Yeah, no, they, he has and we have those in navy mouth. and gray. Yeah, Go get you one. Yeah. Winderbinder. Scroll, scroll down, Matt. <laughs> Go visit the permanent installation of the the merch booth at Winderbinder. I, I'm a, I spend a lot of money every time I go to Winderbinder. And no offense, David, it's never on anything that isn't CFC gear. I, I, never even, I never even make it past the CFC gear to get into the regular part of the store. My, my personal favorite uh, piece of merch, I love to fish in the summer in the flats in Florida. And you guys made a buff, which is on that table yeah. over there hanging out. And when I like, I was getting ready to go on a trip like two days before I stumbled into Winder Binder because I wanted to buy my wife's sister um, a jersey. And I saw that and it could not have been more perfect. So now every single time I fish, I wear my CFC buff, yeah, literally. That's the only thing we're out of right now. I've got more in because those are actually made up in, um, in Dayton. Yeah, Dayton. Well, I'm loving these shorts that uh, Matt has pulled up on his computer here. I, I'm hoping the women's, uh, either the men's cut are short or the women's cut are the right size for me because I want to be able to play soccer in them. So hopefully they're like not basketball short length. I can't tell from the pictures, but I'm for sure going to get some more athletic shorts. Yeah, that have CFC crests on them? Hell yeah. Yeah, we just went through and it, they're all out on display at Winderbinder and everything. We caught up with all our shipping of people that had pre-ordered last week so there is a size chart on here there that is. has the waist the length and the inseam for the small through extra large of those shorts i'll see you get a measuring tape 7.5 inches for the <laughs> inseam for all of them and that was all thanks to merch bay mary she mer- measured every single product when it came in last week and i was in nashville Shut what, up. what a hero well, gentlemen, thank you so, so much for your time. Is there anything we did not share? And we'll get to your social media handles in a minute. But anything we didn't touch on, we didn't talk about? Think- Shirt cannon, question mark. <laughs> and there was something about peeling potatoes. Yes, that too. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a, a listener question. Um, how do you, is it peel potatoes or prepare potatoes? I think it was prepare. So, uh, Owen, what is your favorite way to prepare and or eat potatoes? With my mouth. <laughs> um, you prepare them with your mouth? Uh, I prepare to Challenge. swallow them. Uh, I I'm I'm big on mashed potatoes. That's my it's my jam. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Smell? I guess I'm a French fry guy. I'm not a big mashed Ooh. potato guy. I mean, I'll, I'll be, to be fair, I like potatoes in all ways. I'm, but I'll take them either way. Yeah, I'll give an exception to the Outback Steakhouse uh, baked potato, which. It's like the only good thing in Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> but again, I guess they'll never be a sponsor. But um, if they're listening to this, we get, they got bigger problems in sponsoring yeah. us. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I can be bought. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, baked potatoes are, if they're done right, are yeah, yeah. quality. My, my favorite part about mashed potatoes is the cream. If you would combine cream and mm, just creamy mashed potatoes. Ooh, here's, a, here's a question. Uh, aside from. Uh, aside from the T-shirt cannon question, it's uh, that, and that, that question we'll we'll say for Jeremy because I know he particularly likes T-shirt cannons. Oh, I thought you meant the question I was about to read because actually that's also probably a question for Jeremy. Turns out, no, re- read it to these guys anyway. I didn't read it. Okay, uh, so the the question is qualified by saying that like it may not be you may not may not be the right guys. Would um, I know the questioner? I don't know. Oh, okay. 
Uh, you want to give him a shout out? Is there any word on the Academy switching over to Hummel as well with the first team? Academy mm. wears Nike now, and I've heard we're trying to sync up. That comes from Justin Haskell. Shout out. So, I mean, Smoke can give a more detailed answer about the immediate plan. I, look, there, there are a lot of ways that we can help everybody by having the Academy and OGA and um, Highland Park Commons and the Adult League and all these things, you know, share resources together for, you know, just economy of scale. We're looking at all of those, but I don't think in the short term that you're going to see lightning out there. I saw earlier. Yeah. There's a crazy storm coming tonight, <laughs> by the way. Um, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, forced synergy to happen anytime soon. I think it'll be on a rolling basis as contracts expire or buying cycles, um, sink and things like that. Um, you know, and you know, the Academy is a, so if you, if we back up a second from there, one of the key takeaways, um, from some conversations I've had with other people in club soccer about what to do um, and ways to kind of focus our efforts. And, and to be frank, I think um, the biggest reason that CFC has withstood some external threats over the last 18 months is because the community roots are something that couldn't be co-opted or bought off or, or um, appropriated, right? And the academy is a big part of that. OGA is a huge part of it. Sure. The foundation is an unbelievable part of it. Highland Park Commons, all the all the things that make us who we are as a club. Um, and we, as the when you say CFC in in the community, the common thing is for people to think of the first team primarily. And we as a club need to do a better job of telling our story about all these other things that make us who we are. Um, you know, there's so many people that I've talked to in the month plus that I've been back, which talk, you know, talking about Highland Park Commons or something like that. And they're like, either they didn't even know it existed or they didn't know it was a CFC thing. Sure. They thought it was just a city thing. Right. So, um, so that said, we want to take every opportunity that we have to tell our story as broadly and as widely as we can about all of the things that we are. So especially like this time of year when it's a little quiet, aren't as many things going on. So if OGA has something big happening, we want to make sure we're talking about it Um, because our megaphone is a little bit bigger than like just OGA's megaphone on its own. So anything we can do to amplify and help tell that story and to just unite it all under the umbrella so that people know when they hear about OGA or they think about Chattanooga Sports Ministries or the Adult League or um, OGA or whatever it is, that that when they hear it, they're also thinking about CFC. Um, so that said, you know, if they're, we've done a pretty good job of doing it visually with branding and things like that, but if there are relationships that the first team has that can help um, the budgets of the Academy or can help, um, the, you know, where we can get a better deal on apparel for the Academy through Hummel than we could through Nike, then, you know, we're going to explore those vigorously. Um, but you know, I don't know that it's going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight and it'll take some time and, you know, and kit, uh, kit deals are probably kit manufacturers are probably, the one thing that people 
not only get really excited about, but also kind of have like opinions uh, about yeah allegiances um, too. And so, you know, we want to be sensitive to that. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, at the end of the day, it's a business decision, and we'll figure out we'll figure out what's best. So the really short answer to that is is the um, the academy has a couple of years left on their Nike contract. So and we're really happy with Hummel. I just want to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Right. And then you know what? And then at the point that their contract expires, it's yeah. a, it's up to their board and their whatever to see if they want to. And we if, well, if, and, if and, they could be offered a better deal from Hummel, would yeah, they want to take it? All those things. Then there may be a, if if the buying cycles sync up it may be an opportunity for us to bid the whole thing out together and if we, if we, we stay on the so. on the fall spring schedule for our regular season we'll also end up being in line with the academy though right yeah well so it's a little tricky kind because of. sometimes sometimes it depends on budget cycles and budget cycles are usually calendar years for most uh entities most of our most of our entities are December closes, not June closes. So, um, so yeah, you get some kind of, that's why a lot of the deals we're making now are actually kind of like six months op options on the end of things. Like makes you know, sense so that we can get, you know, so that something doesn't end in the middle of a season. Oops, yeah. please take off your Hummel gear and put on something else. In <laughs> yeah. The or more like, Oh, the stadium contract is up where, you know, we've got half a season, Ruh -roh. you know, or, you know, whatever, whether it's a spot, you know, cause sometimes too, we are with sponsor contracts. We, you know, they may be on a June budget close where we're like, okay, well, we'll start, we'll start you guys here, but we'll bill you over here to make your budget work or whatever. And so, Confusing. yeah, so it's a lot of juggling, you know, and we'll figure it all out. Cool. I hope that answers the question. And yeah, the very much so. Before we move to the t-shirt cannon, I want to just compliment you bringing up CSM and OGA because I feel like you said that, that you guys have a, a bigger microphone than they do technically. And there's so many really good stories coming out of both of those programs along with what's going on at Chat Prep and Highland Park Commons too. Yeah, so. and, and let me say this too. Those entities all do a great job of telling their stories, mm -hmm. but the audience that they have is is uh, a little more niche and it's a little smaller. Absolutely. Um, so what we want to do is amplify their storytelling, layer our storytelling in with it so that people understand that this is all part of when you support CFC, you're supporting these other things too. Perfect. Um, and make sure you know that everybody really understands the depth of the roots in in this town um and that it's not just about the soccer it's about making the community a better place through soccer the soccer's matters but it's not the only thing yeah and if you go back to our organizing documents it's pretty laid out pretty clear in there that the that the club exists for the betterment of the community uh, which makes it very different from the franchise model what cfc so. can do in the community can literally change the trajectory of a kid's life absolutely i mean for sure we see that you know, through OGA and, yeah. C and CSM and Highland Park Commons. I mean, there are documented stories of that that, you know, we... We, we should tell those stories sometime. We And we need to. And, and, and those entities are doing good jobs of telling those stories where they can, when they can. But, you know, they have budgets that are much smaller too. And so we right. need to help them with that. One of the really kind of nice... Um, you know, serendipitous things about the, um, the supporter ownership initiative that happened last year, um, is now we are obligated by the sec to do an annual report. 
Um, and the annual report is usually a pretty dry financial document, but it's also a really good opportunity to tell those stories um, because Great. it gets presented to the board and we can potentially even do more with it um, publicly. And, you know, we're exploring a lot of possibilities of, you know, some public year end type public events to tell these stories and to celebrate these things together. As That's a, amazing. As a big, Sounds really as cool. a big CFC family. Shout out to Pete, Jonathan, and Caitlin, and others that work in the foundation. Huge work. Shout out to the tiny human, too, that just came into the world. Hayes? The tiny human. Yeah, the tiny human, yeah, for sure. So, anyways, shirt cannon. (laughs) So... (laughs) So, when... This has nothing to do with my department, so... (laughs) Yeah, it's, 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 it's a shirt. Like, I'm pretty sure a shirt has something to do with your department. Well, the like, funny you thing about that. Use a cannon to give shirts to our, when they buy them in the merch booth, we'll just shoot them at them. Anybody, cool. anybody that knows me really well knows I'm a huge Simpsons fan and to, to like obnoxious, huge Simpsons fan. And that's how uh, Maud Flanders died. She got hit by a t shirt shot out of a. Out of a t shirt cannon at a NASCAR race and fell off the bleachers. Um, so no, That's so when cut. when you sent out the um, when you sent out the call for questions, um, I just happened to be on Twitter at the, the very second that was posted, and just wanted to stir the pot and really, I replied with that really just to get Jim Hicks all fired up. So, um, so you know, I there's there's no plans for a t-shirt cannon anytime soon. So. But a t-shirt Gatlin gun. Now that uh, might be doable. T-shirt howitzer. I want to be able to fire from distance. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. If if the listeners want to get at, get at you on uh, the social medias, where might they find you? How can they interact with you? So I'm on Twitter. Probably is the best place to find me. My personal is at Seton OB. Um, but my work one is at CFC underscore CMO. Um, that's where you'll find all the CFC, pretty much only CFC stuff. If you follow me on my personal feed, you'll get a, you'll get Rockies baseball and Simpsons and movie stuff and, uh, probably more politics than you want on, on this podcast. That's the good stuff though. We enjoy the not soccer stuff too. And and Tottenham stuff. And I'm, I'm, um, my personal one is CFC Merch Guy on Twitter. That's about the only thing I really use very often, and there's almost nothing on there, so it's really lame. Um, I do have a killer TikTok feed, though. <laughs> and wow. then, uh, the, of what? course, of course, the uh, the now we've renamed our Twitter page for the merch booth. To yeah, the, I saw that to the official professional official professional CFC Merch Booth, and that's at CFC just at CFC Merch Booth. That is the uh, that is the account I most often find uh, Davis Motherman at the CFC merch booth account. He's generally tweeting out sweet pictures of CFC merchandise. That's true. And attendance figures. That's true. Yes. And generally, just giving shout outs to any other really cool merch I see from other teams. We're really big supporters of other lower league soccer teams. If I see something I like, I like to amplify other teams besides ourselves. Nice. I do want to tack on one little question here. I just thought of it. Smo, last year the merch booth sold a few other teams merch during the year, kind of a chance to get cool merch. Will you try to continue doing that this year? Will you continue doing that? Yeah, it worked really well when we were, if somebody was coming in for a friendly or an exhibition and I'm definitely open to that. We kind of look at it by when I see first, they have to have availability. Some teams we talked to and they just didn't really have much available to bring with them or it was just a logistics problem. You know, I know, um, 
trying to remember, you know, Bettis. We sold Bettis jerseys, and they literally just – Yeah, I bought one. Yeah, one. so did I, drunkenly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that re- when that result went that way, I couldn't do anything else. And, it, and what's really cool is is um, there was a, a guy that came from Seville, and um, and um, and he asked – he I went back out to my car and got him a – he bought a CFC jersey. So I Oh, that's awesome. So I put mine on, and we have a picture of the two of us together. Me wearing a Bettis jersey and him yeah, wearing a that's awesome. So that was really cool. Um, I did not completely cool. realize how how European cut worked. <laughs> <laughs> you did when you tried swimming. to wiggle into that schmedium. Oh my gosh, I've never. <laughs> I, I, I honestly didn't think I could get it on, and I was really scared if I could get it off. Once I got it on, it was. I was like, wow, I need to lose about seventy five pounds <laughs> to get into this jersey. <laughs> So that's the, that's the danger of the European cut. That's right. We're going to, that Hummel gear, we're going to, it'll be in size extra small and size extra, extra small. <laughs> well, and that, I will point out that we have, one of the big things that made me fall in love with Hummel so much was they were willing for me to, I shipped to Europe a set of our jerseys from last year. And I'm hoping that the idea is, is they're going to replicate the sizing as closely oh, as possible. So we will have consistent sizing. Because the most important thing isn't necessarily, in my mind, that a medium is a medium. It's that if you bought a jersey the last four years and it was all the same size, that, yeah. that jersey size works again. Right, exactly. And that's something we have never had until this Assuming year. Assuming you're the same size. so Right. <laughs> but then you can size up. Which for you probably isn't a problem. For some of us, it's a little different. I just buy a size down. Christmas is coming. That's all I'm going to say. It's like, but yeah, this has been the first season where I feel like we our jerseys have really been dead on, and customers were really happy with them. We had very few exchanges for size, which means I feel like I did my job right. You just jinxed yourself, buddy. So, oh, I know, I know, and that's why I went back and forth with them, and I said this is the only thing I ask. I was like, you know, I was like, Paul had his things that were that they had to do, which obviously be, you know, doing full sublimation and letting us do our own designs. Um, you wouldn't believe how many, we talked to a number of different manufacturers and most of them were not willing to work with us very much. They just want to stick us in a off the rack or they want to do some minimal or, or they basically wanted to kind of design it for us. And they're like, this is just not what we do here. And we'd rather, you know, and Hummel basically said yes to everything we asked, you know, That's and, awesome. That's and all- we talked with other, we didn't just go on just them saying yes to everything we wanted to hear. Yeah, wanted to hear. We talked to uh, Providence. We talked to Stumptown. We talked to three or four teams. We talked to Madison, I believe, and got great reports back from all of them on how well they took care of those customers. I'll give Smo a shout out here. So, um, what you run into a lot in in the apparel side in U.S. is, for example, if you notice if you if you follow the NCAA basketball tournament. That's when the apparel manufacturers like to come out with new new uniforms for their teams that make the tournament. Not no shout out to Adidas here. So yeah, so like Adidas especially is the worst, but Nike's the same. Is like all the Adidas teams that make the tournament, their new jerseys all look the same. They're just different colors. You know, they're we did this design and it's in seven color combinations or whatever. And you know that's what a lot of the kit manufacturers wanted to do for us is like. These are the designs that we have, and these are the, what our colors that are closest to your colors look like, and that's what you're going to get. And, um, you know, and, and our Smo and Tim and Paul especially were, you know, like, yeah, no, we're not playing that. You know, we don't, we don't want that. It's awesome. 
All right, producer Jay, where can they find you on the internet? Um, Jay underscore Buchanan on Twitter and on Instagram. I am at letter J. I just remembered that I have an Instagram. This is Matt Caniglio. You can find me on Instagram at I am Caniglio, although I will say it's mostly just pictures of whiskey. Uh, and on Twitter, you can find me at whiskey is fine. Thank the you guys. He's consistent. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Thank you guys for, again for spending so much time with uh, us this evening. Uh, my name is Andrew Brzee. You can find me at Andrew Brzee on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you later.